Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Decoding Devs. I am your host, Michelle, and with me across the table is your other host, my son, Colin. Hello, y'all. We're back. <sighs> we it's are. It's good to be back. It's... It's Dev's time. It's Dev's time. <laughs> possibly for the last time, though, yeah. so I'm a little sad. That's true. That this Dang. little project is going to be over. Honestly, though, it's okay. I think it'll be fine. I think if we do this right, this All will right. be good. Well, we took a little hiatus for obvious cultural reasons that we were all right. um, not really going to be able to focus on this for the past month or so. But Has it been since then? Um, it? Was it really that long? Yeah, I do get confused about between the two podcasts that we do, but I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure we have not recorded since. I think we recorded episode eight. Yeah, it was like a month ago. What? Maybe There's more. no way, dude. I I posted about it. I don't know. There's no way it was that. I'm looking well, this up. Well, I'm confused, probably. I'm looking this with up. With my timing. But we did need to take a hiatus and a break. Yeah, sure. Um, For, like I said, obvious reasons. And we hope everyone listening is um, doing well and is safe and healthy. We're doing pretty well. Uh, So far, so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're in it's Illinois. Which, strangely, high, for high once, living. <laughs> strangely for once, like Illinois is, I know, doing well. Whack. Most of the time, we want to move out of here as fast as we possibly can. But right now, it's kind of good to be in Illinois. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, school. You know, schools in Illinois too. Yeah, that's nice. That's true. Anyway, this is episode. You may have noticed there are not nine episodes There's of a television show. Nope. You didn't. You didn't miss an an episode accidentally or anything like that. I wish, dude. That would be crazy if there was a ninth episode that we know didn't know about. That oh. would be very funny if just one day, Alex Garland was like, "Surprise! <laughs> Surprise drop! Episode Dog. nine. That'd be so cool. I'd be very happy. But yeah, um, no, that's not the case as of right now in this on this timeline anyway. <laughs> oh, true. No, yeah, there's probably. <laughs> There's probably universes where there's like 12 episodes of Devs. There's probably universes where there's, there's it's never been on end. for like 10 years. It's like a, it's like a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> there's like 10 seasons of Devs. Uh, <laughs> the comedy stylings of Katie and Forrest. Oh. <laughs> no, it's like... It's Not like, very it's funny. Like, no, what is that show called? Uh, people in, with coffee and cars talking. Oh, uh-huh. And it's like Katie and Forrest. And they're talking about the multiverse. And they're joking about it. Fascinating. That's like dry humor. That'd be so weird. <laughs> well, anyway, there, there. This is episode nine of Decoding Devs because, as we've mentioned, yeah. we've wanted to do just a wrap up, I guess, mm-hmm. of of stuff because we were limited in what we could say in most of the other episodes because we didn't want to spoil anybody on anything. There were plenty of times where you had to stop me. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> there were plenty like, of times. Let me go. Let me go. There were plenty of times when I was like. Mm. oh my gosh the window thing it's full circle everybody and i couldn't say anything yeah yeah anyway here we go so that's what this episode is all about she's got her notes i do have my notes i wish i had more notes though you wouldn't believe like i've been ruminating about this Mm -hmm. episode for like two weeks the whole time i think we haven't been recording it's been one of those things where i'm like okay what do I even want to say? Yeah, yeah. Because there's yeah, so much stuff mm-hmm. that I don't think we can really go back and touch on every single 
thing we would maybe want to. So we're going right. to hit, I think, the major themes and the major things about it that we thought were major. <laughs> oh, that was the worst intro. No, the major I'm things, cutting that The out. major themes that we thought were major. That's, that's the name so of bad. This, that's the name of this episode. No. <laughs> No, we need to, we need to, we need to title this um, Deus and comma Deus comma um uh I can't I don't know how you do bad this. At naming things. <laughs> Let me just say like in this in this podcast we haven't had to name our episodes cuz it's just been like mm-hmm. episode 1, episode 2 and each one That'd corresponded to the episode of that the show. That would be weird if we named them. On our Star Wars podcast, mm-hmm. I have to come up with some kind of name for every episode yeah and historically speaking we've done 14 (laughs) episodes of unknown regions colin has come up with exactly zero titles (laughs) because he sucks at it (laughs) do you my piece names are just as bad like i'm bad at naming things i really am it's great though i'm really good at naming things i named you didn't i that's true didn't i didn't i you did well there you go i'm pretty good at naming things but that was not your best work. I think it's funny, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to preface this. I don't think we're going to do this. Well, I want to think that we're going to do this episode justice, but I also want to preface everything, and I'll probably say this at the end, too. I was going to say this at the end, but I think we should say it in the beginning, actually, that there's so much about this show that we're missing. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. There, that, we are Catholics. Saying. We are white and... We are noticing those things, I feel like. And we like science. So we are we are seeing those things, right? We are putting it through the lens of Catholicism a lot. A lot. And I know we mentioned this a while back, but I want to say it again because I want to generalize this concept that, like, you could take, I feel like, any scope, like, of religion or art or society, put it in a frame of a different society, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you could do that with this show, I feel like. I, we haven't done that, honestly, too much. But we know similarities between Eastern and Western religions that like apply to this. So yes. we've seen that. So I'm you can only assume that there's a lot to go into depth about with those other religions. So like for all y'all at home who feel like you're being talked to too much, y'all can do it too. Yeah. I just want to say actually, that. Actually, that would be a fascinating exercise. Like if you um, are a Buddhist or if yeah, you are a Muslim or if you are a hindu yeah that'd be awesome man you could definitely put this through any or all of those religious filters and yeah. i'm sure come up with fascinating yeah takes no i i know it like imagine this show from a taoist perspective that would be cool it, well it kind of is okay well okay okay obviously there's similarities with religions okay yes. we understand this but like to actually go in and identify the tropes and like mm-hmm. connect them to like scripture you know what i mean i don't know if scripture is the right word but you know what i mean religious teachings for those different like a belief system well, i mean I think that'd i be awesome i definitely Specifics, see i guess i know enough to be dangerous about some other like you were saying eastern mm-hmm. philosophies and religions yeah philosophy that's the word and mythology yeah and we're going to talk about that in a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. um but that's what i'm looking for for philosophy yeah. but yes I can definitely see like that. For instance, you know, I keep calling it a rose window, but what the rose window? You know the um, the one she stands in front of. 
the big circular pieces of art that are oh right yeah on yeah the yeah of exactly yeah like i keep calling it a rose window but it also i mean well maybe not so much that design but the altar where the mouse you know they put the mouse yeah. in the center yeah, yeah, yeah that looks like a lotus like mm-hmm. definitely yeah for sure mm-hmm. and the lotus is you yeah know, that's big it's big in a couple of different mythologies and stuff so but yeah but anyway yes i'm we are we are putting it out there anybody wants to do <laughs> any kind of analysis through any other kind of lens yeah man we would i would love look for that. to see it i would actually look for that that'd be awesome it would be awesome because like like i said you and i our group think like we like we have the same interests <laughs> so mm-hmm. i feel like we would never be led to look at things that we wouldn't be interested in and that frames us in a way and that. I have a couple of friends that I'm just like, watch for the love of God, will you watch this show, please? I need your takes. Maybe we should shout out people right now so that when they get through these they episodes. They know who they are. I've pestered them okay. Okay. so much Okay. that yeah. I have stopped pestering them because I know they're very busy people doing all kinds of other fun, cool stuff. And they just haven't gotten around to it. But it's going to be one of those things where they finally watch it and they're like, oh, my oh, God. I know. <laughs> Dude, that was me. That was that was me too. Because I was at school, remember? Mm -hmm. And I was like, "This is eight episodes. Like, can't you just tell me what happens?" Uh, (laughs) You're you're so like a YouTube video. Can't you just tell me what happens, man? Yikes. Okay, Uh, let's get going. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Let's let's just pick a random theme. Let's just. Are we doing this right off the bat? Let's talk about. We don't use the word random on this podcast. Okay. Please. It's not a random theme because <laughs> it was predetermined. You looked at it and that's why. And I, I did just <laughs> look at it. Yeah, man. Um, color theory. Oh, okay. We've talked Good. a ton about color theory. Mm-hmm. And the red, red, uh, blue, green. Oh, And everyone yeah. knows red, green, blue, red, blue, green. RGB. Red, green, RGB. Blue. RBG, whichever one you prefer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that... In, you know what that actually means within the context of the show well yeah maybe we, oh, wait, hold on hold on yeah yeah i guess that does summarize what color theory means does it well no not color theory color not, not like as in i'm a director of photography and i know color theory like that's all different i'm well, just talking about the theory of color on this show right okay okay so maybe i don't understand what color theory is then i don't it's a whole. Th- it's a whole. Th- it's ball not what it, what we're talking about. That's what you're no. Saying. Okay, my bad. Never Just mind. the theory of yeah, colors used uh, <clears throat> on the show. Yeah, you're good. And how there. red, green, and blue permeate everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Um, their clothes. Yeah. Their furniture. Mm-hmm. Everything. That, that one big. <laughs> well, I mean, if you weren't picking up on it before, you definitely picked up on it in the opening of episode five yeah dude was it come on you know i forget i'm bad uh, at knowing which one was which. well it's the one that starts with like, the practical wow, jump scare wow. where it's like <laughs> wow, wow who's the first person that pops up i think linden yeah and he's red red linden and then and... it's either no it's green it, no no it's it's blue red blue, blue Stewart. red blue green Stewart. i remember yeah. now yes yes um blue stewart red katie green forest Mm -hmm. and how if you look at um 
the the cones in your eyes, which are cells that are actually like Ooh. photoreceptors, right? Yeah. Am I using the right term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have red, green, and blue mm. photoreceptor cells called cones. Yo, I'm gonna go on my rant real quick. You know how crazy eyes are, man. Eyes are really crazy, and eyes are another theme of the Dude. show. Oh. A ton of eye All right, I'll hold off references. <laughs> I'll hold off then. But like, but I dang, feel like it's dude. connected because that's the deal. Like, I think that's part of the the theme of the how, eye like, is how the colors how, correspond like, to the cones mm-hmm. in your eye. The color, like color, is. Well, see, here's my question then. So I know we're getting into it, but I do want to ask this because this is actually something I've had off the off air in my head. A question and it's what is what comes first our perception of the color or the color you know what i mean they can't both happen at the same time i don't know and that is i'm confused by this a topic for another podcast. like paint <laughs> like paint how is paint real dude because the cones in your eyes we just watched a little video the co- the co- the cells in your eyes pick up the wavelength of red green and blue. How how are you gonna tell me that blue paint is letting off wavelengths like that though? Like you're telling me the it's resonating wavelengths or like the like the color is. I the believe wavelength, it's reflecting you know? the wavelength of right. light. That's right. And that's the color that you see. Okay. But but, but paint exists back to the show. <laughs> Bring it come on back okay, with okay. me. No. You only have red, blue, and green receptors. That is it. Yeah. And your eyes, it, it, we just watched a video about how your eyes play tricks on you, literally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sometimes with certain colors. But it's a combination of those. But the correspond, the other cool corresponding thing is, um, and people like me who are old and remember having like old tube TVs, when you oh, would yeah. get up close to the screen, I know what a tube TV is. <laughs> you would see the little pixels, yeah, of those colors, and then like screen. I guess older computer screens still have that's mm. the case, and it's so it's like linking your biology, mm. yeah. your eye, your eye bio, your eye physiology mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. these three colors. And to technology as well. Yes, sir. So it's a circle, basically, <laughs> okay. of... Uh, that's why they use those three colors a lot mm-hmm. in the show. Specifically, though, we brought up green so many times. There's so yeah. much green going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like green is another... It's It's still in the theme of those three colors, but it's also its own theme because... Green is the color of life. Mm-hmm. Chlorophyll. Let's go. Chlorophyll. <laughs> Let's it's, go. Let's name it. And just symbolically, you know, it's about life and spring and rebirth and renewal mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Yep. And, you know, leaves are green. Mm-hmm. What's on a tree? Mm-hmm. Leaves. Mm. <laughs> but they turn what's, red, though. What's a tree? That's true, they do. Mm. Um, but, you know, the tree trees in this story, too, are representing the many worlds because they literally right. hand it to you with that lecture, lady giving the lecture at this college. Mm-hmm. The tree. The branches. It's yeah. a branching tree That's of right. many worlds where endless possibilities of endless mm-hmm. branches and anyway. 
Yeah, no. So it's all these themes are tied together. It's whack, man. It's just whack. So <laughs> it's confusing. Eloquently, I just think it's it's brilliant. Wow. Yeah, man. This How is what it? I want to do as an artist, you know, like trying to take. I was talking to um my girlfriend, or actually no, yeah, she was over. Remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do remember. Yeah, we were talking. I mentioned not how, that scene now. That was okay, yesterday. <laughs> You're old. Okay. Uh, we were talking about how in my own art, I won't go on too long with this, but I'm very fascinated in how you relate art to science, because art is science. When you get to the core of it, it is. That's why art is attractive to us. It's because science is used in a in a beautiful way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um. Oh, I just said. Oh yeah, a huge. PDA. I'm going to refrain now PDA. from saying public... Oh, PSA. <laughs> Sorry. Please don't put it PDA. <laughs> no, right. No, no, no. Uh, PSA. <laughs> I'm not going to say... Uh, what's that phrase I say all the time? You know what I mean. I say you know what I mean a lot. My dad shouted me out and he hates me, so I'm going to stop. Dad, I know he's going to listen to this. This is shout out to you my You know man. what? I've told him many times. If he's going to listen to our podcast... <laughs> I want to hate. I want like responses to what we're talking about. Not but, you're so annoying when you do X, Y, or Z. <laughs> I don't care if we're annoying. Okay. Well, necessarily. All right. Let me stay on topic, though. Let me stay on topic. I'm really fascinated in how you can relate philosophical and scientific concepts and theories and extrapolate upon those through music. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating to me. And devs. Is what I want to do. Like, th- like when I watched that show, I was like, this finale and thinking of this all through in my head and how all these ideas connect. It's like, dude, that's dude, why you can do it. You can actually do it. That's why it's really when I look at a when I look at a show like this, at a project like this, and I've read a bunch of I've read a bunch of Alex Garland interviews, just trying to um, pull some things out from the master himself, and. What he says so often is that this team that worked on this show, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. production design, the score, I mean, obviously he wrote the script and he directed it, Mm -hmm. uh, but the the director of photography, like everyone contributed to this show on a level that was extraordinary just integral yeah They're and how integral. they all collaborated it wasn't just like because somebody I one of the interviewers that i read was asking him oh so i think they were talking about the set you know the devs lab mm-hmm. set and how Dang, you know bro. giving him all the credit for that and he's like oh no 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 no. oh yeah dude no um, way no way dude i i basically gave a few words about what i was looking for mm-hmm um, oh, I actually wrote them down. Look. Oh, dang. Weird. Oh. I can quote. Um, he basically said he wanted the show to be beautiful and weird and as poetic as possible hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> to go on a journey from the normal streets of San Francisco into this strange twilight gold womb space. He used the word That's a womb. Whack. That's a whack word. <laughs> womb well, space. I don't know if I, I don't think I've brought it up very much on this podcast. Oh no, dude. No. But with regards to Star Wars, I well, with regards to anything, actually, I get like 
I see wombs all the time. It's weird, man. It's it's weird, yo. (laughs) To the point now where Colin is like, what have you done to me? I see wombs everywhere now, too. Mm, So frustrating. (laughs) I Honestly, I do think when we first watched this, I was like, that's a womb. For sure. Like, what? The Obviously, only difference dude. is, like, it's instead of instead of a sphere egg, it was a cube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a cube egg. But then I was like, but yeah. it's also, like, a tabernacle because yep. of all the religious symbolism, which is, in case you aren't mm-hmm. familiar, the tabernacle is the usually very ornate, beautiful, oftentimes golden... And cubicle. ...box mm-hmm. that um, in the church is where the consecrated uh hosts are for that you hand out at communion mm-hmm. so it's like well that's a lot of words you just used hosts, sorry, sorry sorry oh boy <laughs> i mean that's where they kept... it's a very it's a sacred item. it is a sacred box it's basically. a box yeah and it's very oftentimes golden mm-hmm. and that is basically so in that box if you believe the <laughs> catholicism and their teachings is literally the body of christ yeah so, I thought womb. Oh, that popping thing. I thought womb, here. and I thought tabernacle. Well, Both. I thought a third thing though. What do you think? Pandora's box. Oh yeah, too. Obviously. Obvi- oh, obviously. That's not even close. That's that's these other two are good. I'll give you that. But like, come on, dog. It's all three. It could be any and all of the above. Yeah. It's got the power of life. Mm-hmm. And as I think we brought up a couple of times, the core of the machine itself as the oh, yes. tree of um, the knowledge of good and evil. Yep. Totally, dog. I totally follow this now, by the way, after watching with Felicity. What's that? When I watched the show again with Felicity, I saw it as, oh, it's oh, not oh. even funny how clear it is. Like when that, that one, this is a very particular shot, but when Lyndon is like half cut off by the tree and he's just kind of standing there in the shot. And just looking at it. Just looking at and it. That's and when then he that's when he has the realization. His breakthrough. It's not even... I know. It's not even subtle. No, it's not even subtle. <laughs> and then he gets even... kicked out. I know, it's man. It's like... Oh, I know, this bro. This is so good. Okay, we started at Color Theory, and now we've just gone oh! off into the... <gasps> we did start with Color Theory. Oh, boy. track. But, okay. But I was going to say, though, about eyes. Yes, back to eyes. So, I actually just took a course that taught us about the mechanism of the eye in very specific detail yes and, and i did too but yeah that was 20 but i'll, I'll just explain so, <laughs> so like i don't remember anything much except you, for cones is rods there, <laughs> is there value in me telling the audience how vision works i mean do you think is that too sciencey if you don't want this to be a four hour long podcast maybe you, you should just say it's super uh, interesting look it up it is super interesting and look it up. I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are the one that always yells There's, at me. But what's fascinating long. though, like actually, and I don't need to get into too specific of detail, is okay. how many cells exist in the eye. Oh it's my god, crazy! So dog. freaking many. There's I, like I do remember that. There's the rods and cones. Is it the one everyone knows? Not everyone, but the people who care, they know that. Um, then the ganglion cells, the bipolar cells, the photoreceptor cells. So rods and cones are actually not the photoreceptor cells. They're the things that... Oh, was I saying that wrong? They're just like electrical uh, inducers, basically. They're the really? things that push the electricity from outside in. Really? It okay. propels it, yeah. Well, I don't and remember then, the specifics. Um, obviously, the cones work on color 
the rods work on like darkness, being able to see in darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of (laughs) weird that all that exists in this little concentrated spot. It's and nowhere else, nowhere else do these things exist. It is crazy. How does the body know where? I also remember, for some reason, I remember random things from twenty. Seven years Optic ago. Optic nerve, the retina, bro. I remember a neurobiology professor talking about how eyes are, for all intents and purposes, part of your brain. They're just oh, yeah. an extension of your brain. I mean, the optic nerve is literally attached to your brain. And, like, it is in the but, brain. Right, but, like, the cells there are so special mm-hmm. and um, just pretty miraculous that... Honestly, man. He kind of taught us, that professor taught us, like, it, it. it's not part of your brain, but it kind of is. That's cool, man. But anyway. Good way of looking at it. But yeah, then you talk about, like, the actual parts of the eye. You know, there's the iris, the lens, the pupil, the retina. Okay, we're getting too deep. But isn't that crazy, though? <laughs> like, that's just insane. It is. Eyes are fascinating if you don't know anything. And how, Honestly, watch how things videos. come in and they get flipped. Yes. And then flipped again. It's super weird. <laughs> like, What? It's all super oh, weird. Man. Whatever, man. Optics are weird too, but we don't need to talk about that. Maybe we talk about that when we talk about windows. But maybe. We'll um but anyway. Mm-hmm. The color green. Color theory, yeah, let's go. The color green has levels of importance, I feel like, on the show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and we're gonna talk about names and symbolism with names, but forest mm-hmm. is pretty darn on the nose as far as trees. Yeah, of course. There's a color called forest green. (laughs) Yeah. There's literally a color called forest green. Yep. And, um, which is very cute because he, you know, up until the end was resisting this idea of the many worlds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was like. found himself. But it was right there all along. Like, you're going to buy into it. Your name is forest, you dummy. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course you will. Which is obviously Devzy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Can we use that word devsy, devsy when we were trying to refer to that concept of Devs-esque. like devsesque? Devsesque. Devsesque. I'll do that. <laughs> I like that. I like esque mm-hmm. a lot. That's good. Um, but let's talk about colors, dog. Jamie's apartment. Still, I still want to oh, talk yeah. about Jamie's apartment. That's right. Okay. And that weird color good. green that mm. I guess you could call forest green. I mean, I don't really nah. think it is. Forest green is a much browner color green and this was more of a bluish color i would say but it's yeah. a very distinct green that we don't see really in any no. other part of the show never i swear dude there's never another scene where that color is used other I than swear. her sweater that she refuses oh. to take off for like two and a half episodes that green chunky oh, knit sweater that he gets from that she get yeah from his apartment um no i think it's her sweater she just doesn't oh. go home because she tries to go home and then Kenton intercepts her and takes her to the psych mm-hmm. office. Um, What's symbolic? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't but, it, ain't it symbolic, though? So do we feel like... Because at first I was like, that color green seems foreboding because it's so dark. Mm-hmm. And just... It's very... I get the vibe of deep ocean. You know that feeling of just it's dark and depth. I don't know. Deep. It's just it's so striking against all the other mm-hmm. wall colors. I feel like in the entire show mm-hmm. that it has to mean something. So it, well, hey, they painted those walls that color, man. They had to paint course. those walls that color. 
and so, his towels matched mm-hmm. and her sweater matched mm-hmm. and the whole outside his apartment was a really I, I still say it's CGI'd green because it's like this really bizarre yeah it is really super bright, bright color mm-hmm. and it's a welcome mat right I feel like that has no, it to looked be... like it was tile outside in the hallway outside oh. his door mm-hmm. you know actually this may be okay this is a kind of a stretch. You know, like, the, the color palette in The Shining? Mm-hmm. And how a lot of the colors are red base? There's a lot of colors on the walls. There's a lot of I colors on the floor. There's oranges and reds and yellows. It's all very on one side of the color spectrum. Okay. You can agree with me, right? Okay. You know, except that bathroom. Except the bathroom, which is green and purple-y. What bathroom? The... The bathroom. It's red. No, no, not that bathroom. Oh. The one when Jack walks into the... Ooh, the creepy room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 237. So the way in which it's kind of like that, where all the color of the show is very bright, and it's it's honestly very bright. You mm-hmm. know, there's golds that shine, and then there's, there's whites, there's golds, there's grays, which is, you know... Not bright, but not dark. They're mm-hmm. kind of just there. And then all of a sudden, in greens and blues. And that's basically it. And bright greens. But then you get this one dark color. And then there's black, I guess, sometimes. But rarely, actually, for that matter. One dark color. You know what I mean? It's that feeling of like, like okay, this is a place that's important. You know what I mean? Like, this feels like a sacred land. You know, like we're on hollow ground. I guess is what I'm saying. Maybe. Um, but that they definitely it gives me that want, feeling of The Shining. Like they definitely wanted us to notice that apartment. Mm-hmm. The color palette. And the color used. palette. Yeah. But I guess all I'm... Sorry. All I'm trying to say is just like the usage of the color palette and how it's so meticulously like graded except for that room mm-hmm. is similar t- to my experience of watching The Shining all the colors yeah. are the same, except for saying. this room. And he the is, boss's room, which has that weird peach color he wall. Is, but that's still reddish. He is special. Yeah, obviously. Well, he, obviously, in retrospect, yeah. But it's... I don't know. That's but kind also, of a cool like, tool. You know? um, he might be special, and not in, in a great way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's green, right? K-U-R-S-T, cursed. Mm. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> I mean, it really ends up being all about, not all about, but it ends up being like, that's the last shot of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is them together again. So it's clearly of major importance. Mm-hmm. Also, are we still talking about colors? Um, We can probably move on. Just that, you know. What? We're moving on? Well, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Bruh. We didn't even talk about gold. Oh. Are you kidding? Well, I feel like gold is sort of the obvious. <sighs> it's, it's, okay. Obviously, the entire thing, all of Devs is gold. Mm-hmm. The inside. The inside. The inside. It's interesting. And the posts, which lead, and the lights mm-hmm. on the ground. Yes, yes, yes. But it's interesting that the outside of the building, the actual exterior of the building, is so not like the inside. It's not even funny how unlike the inside it is, right? So you're saying it's paradox? I... A binary? I'm just saying. Well, yeah, definitely a binary. Yes. But maybe not a paradox. I don't know. 
that's kind of maybe actually no maybe it is no it makes sense that it would be a paradox actually if you think about it very physically how could that building on the that you see on the outside look like that on the inside because it's a cube on the inside mm-hmm. it can't look like that you know what i mean actually in reality yeah it doesn't really look like it would be what it is on the inside and at there's, all. It's, it's such a weird building. I mean, I know it's kind of taking after the Tyrell Corporation look, like that trapezoidal. It seems to be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it kind of looks be. like that, but the and how the inside, how it's not like that, though, it's like perfect. And like, I don't know, good mm. touch. But anyway, if you really want to move on from colors, which well, is like okay, so important. But let's talk about, okay, let's, if we're going to talk about gold, we got to talk about, we got to bring up uh, Jamie's gold t-shirt. Okay, yeah. Because that is what he gives her to wear after he breaks her out of the um, mental hospital. Right. He gives her a gold t-shirt and a um, blue jacket with red stripes right. <laughs> down the sleeves. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, at the very end of the show, when she she's already in the sim, right. in the mini worlds, and she goes to find him at his place of work that's what he's wearing when she meets him yeah. again and i think it is what he was wearing when she meets him the first time too really i think so oh don't hold me to that but i'm i think so. okay i All did right. try to rewatch the show before we did this mm-hmm but God, it's just so, it's such a dense. Yeah. You, I don't know, man. I don't think it's you can do that. It's the densest eight episodes of a show I've ever seen in my life. It's just <laughs> really hard to remember exactly what everybody's wearing all the time. But right. I feel like he was wearing that same thing that time too. Yeah, totally. I also think so, the, the uh, okay. What but, do you uh, think? And Sergey was wearing a gold t-shirt mm-hmm, when, I remember he, that. when they meet, when they have their meet cute, mm-hmm. Lily and Sergey have their meet cute at, inside of Maya. So, uh, episode eight, you mean, or no episode five when Katie's watching the projection of the two oh, of them meeting? Oh, yes, yes, of course, 99% sure he's, and he's wearing glasses, a gold shirt, and he's wearing glasses. Which honestly, I when I saw that scene, I was a media, I don't know why. Honestly, there's so many characters with glasses out there, but I was for some reason, I don't feel like he wears glasses for the rest of the show. He doesn't, no, he doesn't, and that that is my point. That's why I think this is important. So he is wearing glasses in that scene, and I'm like, that is like Dr. Uh, I, I, I was going to say Eisenberg, but I don't think that's it. That's not right. Great Gatsby. I yeah. know what you're talking about. Right? The eyes. Because he had glasses, right? Yes. He was Bro. an optometrist or something. Mm-hmm. But he was also the symbol, and I remember this from studying it. Yes. Freshman year, I remember it so vividly. I remember mind. it too. He is the symbol for God. Eighty-eight or whatever He is the symbol for God. It is agreed upon. Yes. By critics that like that is the symbol. Yes. In the story. Yes. And how he watches over the whole city and it's dilapidated and all you see are the eyes. Mm-hmm. The sign is like it's all ruffled up and it's all <clears> coming <throat> apart and you can't even mm-hmm. see who the person's face, but all you see are the eyes, right? It is Come very on. very interesting that Come he on. gave they gave him glasses and they gave him the round like they're round like Harry Potter glasses. They are round like Harry Potter glasses. That's the obviously the circles are important. Maybe that's why. But true, that's true. But come on, <laughs> but come on, that's why? a little odd. Like why is he wearing glasses? He doesn't have glasses in any of the other times we see him. I know, dude. I was like, why, man? I but I was the moment I saw that I was like, why do I? Why do I think of Great Gatsby? It's so weird that I thought of it. 
after not five the only years. One. I do too. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was given the same lesson as you were given. Yeah, I guess that, so. That big poster or that big billboard. But like, come on, God? A reference to God? Come on, the devs. Maybe, or devs. just it's a reference to eyes and also circles. It's like multi-layered as we... As everything is. As everything it's is. So but tiring. again, like... It's so tiring, guys. So he, he's wearing the gold t-shirt when they meet. Mm-hmm. So here, okay. I know I'm all over the place. Oh, is this is this whole episode going to be about talking about Jamie and Lily? No. Okay, I'm just... You don't even know what I'm going to say. Quit acting like you do. Okay. Not bad. Um... I've had this, I, I don't even know if I'd call it a theory, but I want to, I want to know if the, if it was their intent to make it sort of difficult to discern whether or not these projections that we're seeing. Mm, oh boy. Yeah. This is a big one. Are all from this world or are are we supposed to wonder okay sergey has never been shown wearing glasses before just like the lady with the just like anya and her prosthetic legs she has prosthetic legs mm-hmm. um up until we see her in after they've gone into the sim mm-hmm. in the many worlds so I, I really think, and like, you know, know we've bro. brought up a couple of times where things don't quite make sense. Did we mention that shot, the weird one of the tracking shot where the camera tilts up watching Lily go down the bridge and then it tilts back I down we, for some reason? I think we did bring that up in, in episode eight. Okay, good. When she, um, when Lily is in the sim and she walks down the path towards where the field and the devs building used to be. The camera tilts up. Like, she's already down the path. We see her walking down We it. see her walking down the path. Yeah. The camera tilts up to a bunch of trees. <laughs> and then you would think that that's where it was going to cut. But the music still edit. keeps going and the camera still tilts but down. But it doesn't. And it tilts back down and shows the path again, which is now empty because Lily has gone into the woods. Mm-hmm. And sits there for, like, f- ten seconds. Yeah, it's real <laughs> weird. Yeah. And then there's that other time um, that I know I brought up because I'm still confused about it. With when, Linden? With Kinson. Oh, yes, of course. I have another one, actually, to bring up. And is that episode eight? No, no. That's episode seven. Episode, I'm on, getting man. confused. Jamie dies in episode seven. Okay, then it's episode seven. When Kenton gets to Lily's apartment and he goes down the back steps and he goes down into the, like... The where um you know the electric boxes yeah like the the basement I guess, and we see him go go through that room and up some stairs, mm-hmm. and then it edits to him walking through the front doors of the building. Mm-hmm. It's like what? It's weird. It is weird. That's I wouldn't be surprised if that was somewhat of a mistake though. Well, see, that's the thing. Are these things mistakes? Or the are camera these movement? No purposeful? way. No way is the camera movement one of mistake. Well, no, that's not a mistake. No way. That's way too much of an obvious move. And Sergey wearing glasses. This is simply in the background. That's the thing. Like, I don't know if... It's not in the background, dude. Go watch it. It's no. very deliberate. It's very deliberate. Do we see him open the door? Yes! We see him walk through the front door. We after, see him open the door. After we just saw him go down into the basement... And I know, up dude. I into the know. building. I know. By a back stairway. I'm just trying to remember the visuals. 
I'm I. And it cuts I'm immediately sure to him walking in the front door. It's then maybe it's not a mistake. Okay, boom, whatever. And here's Just... another thing that I noticed when I was rewatching. Mm-hmm. Episode one, <laughs> practically scene one, mm-hmm. when Sergey and Lily are sitting at the table um, before they go to work, and they're talking about some kind of secure. Uh, um, what does she do for a living? Like, what's her encryption? Encryption. They're talking about some encryption thing. Mm-hmm. And Sergey is wearing a totally different outfit mm-hmm. yeah. than he is wearing mm-hmm. the very next scene when they're on the bus and when they get to Amaya. It's a totally different outfit. And it's not pajamas. He has shoes on. He has khakis on. But the shirt is a totally different shirt. It's a striped shirt. And later on, when he gets there, it's that weird floral. I know. Whack. So these are things that I do not believe. Another one is Lyndon. And Alex Garland would make a quote unquote mistake. No way, dude. I don't believe he makes mistakes. It's an eight episode show. Yeah. There's no way there are mistakes in this eight episode show, dog. So. Come on. Okay. So we're coming down on the side of we perhaps were not watching the same world through this entire show. We perhaps were seeing different variations all along, like the whole way through with these subtle little, these subtle little things, differences that, I mean, or it took me three or four times to even pick up on these things. So, or there are potentially like, I don't know how we even consider the fact that maybe the show we watched all this time, except the ending where she gets put into the sim was actually another sim. Like it already happened. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's come, it's crossed my mind. Sure. Hmm. That's complicated. Sure. Because. Because it's on the screen. How could it be on that screen? Let's be honest. How could it be on that screen in that devs building? I guess they are looking at a lot of other things too, which would trump that reasoning. Hmm. Actually, never mind. I just trumped my own reasoning. <laughs> well, I don't know. Never mind. I don't know why that's. No, never mind. I'll doesn't stop there. Sense. I was, I was going in a direction that doesn't make much sense. But anyway, I also am confused by the one with Lyndon sitting on that ledge in the opening montage. That's a big For one. For sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, what's up with that? He's clearly alive. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, so yeah, we're we are going to make the statement that we have not been watching the same world through this entire show. Mm-hmm. There have been times. Cool. That would and, be awesome. And the things are very, very, the things they put in were so subtle that. Again, like I didn't, I didn't notice that Sergey had a different shirt on. <laughs> You're right. Do you know how many times I've watched episode one? Like ten times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And you know me, I'm constantly lo- like, "What are they wearing? What is the jewelry? What is you know all that mm-hmm. stuff?" And I never noticed that he had on a different shirt. I'm so stupid. That's really weird, though. That's a, such a small detail. Yeah. So that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. Like, were we in fact watching? different versions did we just answer that we just i I mean i'm gonna say i think that that was implied yeah in very small tricky ways i don't think we can know but i think we i think (laughs) i think if i asked him he'd be like whatever you think yeah he'd be (laughs) he wouldn't answer it probably probably i hate artists man i really do (laughs) i really do well anyway that's That's cool very cool Mm -hmm. and 
Every time I think of a new thing, I just want to watch the whole show again under that, mm-hmm. through that lens. Right, yeah. I mean, there's probably something telling in the music, too, I feel like. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked at it in that lens, through that lens, but... Um, could be. <clears throat> the way music is used in different scenes could be indicative of different universes. I don't know. I thought... Maybe. Mm, I could look into it. You don't really start... Check it out. You don't really start um, thinking about that until... You get to that episode. Which one? That starts out with all the different Lilies and all the Sergeys and the different right, right. Jamies and all the different scenarios. And then you're yeah. like, okay. Something fishy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say which version of reality we are actually watching? And is it been the same one the whole time? Probably not. I doubt it. Um, but only like, you know, like he was saying. Maybe it's just a small, it's the, it's the only difference is Sergei wore a different shirt to work that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only difference. Well, or, or do we know if that was even the same day? No. I guess we don't. There. I guess we don't technically know that it was the same day. Uh, but it sure seemed like it because it cuts to them walking out the door. It does. It does. Obviously. Yeah. It, feel, it feels like that. I'm, I'm just saying there's no way for us to expect that that's a new day, you know? So in that way, yes, I think it was on purpose, and I think it is a different universe. Because if it was a different day, you know, you you would there would be a clue. I feel like it wouldn't be the same exact time. And plus, Lily day. is wearing the same outfit, also. Oh, she is. Yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. She's wearing the same clothes at the table as she is the rest of that. Which day. is indicative, obviously. That's that's important. How like Sergey's different. <clears throat> yeah, she's the same. Wow. Well. <laughs> well. Um, okay. Let's talk about windows. We have to talk okay. about windows. I'll let you lead this. I have no idea why you wanted to talk about this. So I'll let you lead this. You have no idea why I want to talk about windows? I mean, I have like two things to say about windows, maybe. But you told me you wanted to talk about windows. And I'm like, okay, man, <laughs> you take it away. I mean, we've talked about it in every single episode. <laughs> Lily, specifically... And windows. Yeah. yeah, sure. Or glass. Or mirrors. Mostly, but with her specifically, it's the windows. She, do we ever see her look in a mirror? I don't think we do. Once. In the bathroom in Jamie's place? Once, yes. Yes. But do we see her reflection in the mirror? Like I her think looking so, at yes. Herself? It's it. like from behind her head. And that would be cool. She can see herself. But, I mean... I think it's a pretty obvious theme, and it's probably pretty obvious what it means. Mm. That. A bold claim. <laughs> okay, maybe not. Hey. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, what do you think it means? Oh, boy, man. What do I think windows mean in What this do show? you think the theme of windows and reflection and... Well, I think it's obfusc- like... Obfuscated windows. We have that That's a, a different times. story, though. If you're just talking about a normal window, there are a bunch of different themes. I think you. I don't think it is a different thing. I think it is the same theme. It's just variations of it. Okay, well, if I'm just talking about a window, uh, I would, I would probably, I would, I would probably say. Let's talk about Lillian windows, like specifically her. Oh, oh, okay. With relation. Okay, so, I mean, we obviously see her looking at a lot of windows, and not just one window, like several different ones. Every window she's ever by. She ends up looking out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Staring, like, 
Not just being like, well, just oh, think what's about out the there? physicality of a window. Like, what is it? What is a window? You know, like what is it representing in the show? Well, I'm gonna get there, but the window, right? Glass pane. It's a surface that you can see through to the other side, and you see everything behind that window, but you can't touch it on the other side. Something on the other side of it, right? You touch the glass. You can't do anything except look through it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is oh, I said it again. Sorry. Um, when you're looking through a window, a wi- like a window is a very interesting metaphor for a cage. I guess is trying is what I'm trying to say. Oh, you're going off in a direction I was not expecting. I'm t- I, I'm in the senses, and I think that this is the senses are important, man. Okay. I think that's a very important principle. There's Aristotelian stuff going on all over the place in this show, which I haven't even talked about, but I brought it up before, and I think this idea of like a cage and a window being synonymous with each other you look at it through that lens it's very interesting to see when she gets to the devs building and she's looking through like all of these the whole devs building is basically just windows it's glass yep glass yeah you can see through everything you know um you know i don't know this is maybe a stretch but being being like confined by the looking glass idea you're so like like, oh, I'm looking through, I'm looking through, I'm looking through, I'm looking through. That's what Forrest is doing. He's looking through, he's looking through. Lily's doing the same thing. Or, uh, sorry, Katie's doing the same thing with him, right? They're constantly looking at this screen, looking at the future and the past and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Looking, looking at everything, right? And I think, particularly with Lily, and we already have talked about how she's the one about, like, she breaks the chain, right? She makes choices and makes all these decisions for herself. I think the the concept of her looking out of a window all the time is interestingly juxtaposed when they enter the sim and she is at that same exact window and starts freaking out. You know what I mean? And I think that that's really interesting because in the beginning of the show, she looks very calm. She's just kind of just, you know, she's mm-hmm. just, ugh, I'm, I'm brooding. I'm looking out this window. She's just, it's... Just looking at everything. It's an obad. Looking at everything. It's the day. It's the break of day. She's just yeah looking out on her world. But it's cool when it's it because that shot is so important that it's used again, yes. right? And mm-hmm. that is important when there's repetition. That means something. It's used exactly the same way, except the difference is she starts panicking and freaks out and looks away. Well, because she and starts like look at like in the sim and has no idea what's going on. But for it to be that shot. You know, that scene of her looking out the window, it's like, this is like her breaking the cage type of idea. Like, she knows now. She knows. She knows everything. She literally okay. can expect everything. I think everything. you're kind of saying exactly what I think, sort of, in a roundabout way. Well, sorry. Whatever. That it's like Alice through the looking glass. Yeah, I, yeah, the looking glass. Yeah. She's gone through to the other side. Mm-hmm. And she's and now a reflection of herself. Mm-hmm. Like, cause sometimes we see these windows as highly reflective, like the one, like when she's out on the ledge. Oh, bro, please. Kenton, it it's is like, literally, it's a, it's, it's a mirror. It's a mirrored window. Like yeah. he can't even see into his office to see that Jen is stealing his shit. Like, mm, yeah. because it's so reflective. <laughs> ah, yeah. Like she can see him, but he can't see her. I mean, I gave my spiel last time, right? About. Yes. Brief summary. Windows have dimensions to them. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but on surface value gesture, yeah. they don't. Right. We use them just... Right. We don't even use... You don't use a window 
You know what I mean? It's just kind of there. It's it's just kind of there. You look through it, but you can't touch it. You can't smell anything behind it because it's solid, obviously. Well, you, it restricts your senses while also giving you liberty to look through and like... But you can also like see your reflection in it. Yeah. Sometimes more than others, depending on if it's a reflective window like that. The ones on the outside of the building. Mm-hmm. But... um, It's also in a weird way with my analogy of it being like a cage structure. You could also kind of think of it as, well, it's also kind of a an, an allegory. I'm going to use the word. It is an <laughs> allegory for time, too. Because, obviously, I'm, I don't mean to get deep here, but we are all caged by time. Everything is caged by time. It all follows time in our universe, right? You can't escape it. You can't make friends with it. You can't hate it. It's, it is the end-all, be-all, alpha and omega, for real. Like, you know, and it's interesting that this show is so, I remember talking to you before we aired this and I was like, man, how can we not talk about the importance of time in this show? And you're like, whatever, man. That's... I didn't say whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. You were just like, well, why are we doing that? No, I, I, it is definitely, um, a theme because we see, like you were saying, the past, the future, and they show us major occurrences in the past of the, like, extremely well-known... You can just say the present. No, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, Jesus on the cross. Yeah, oh, yeah. Joan of Arc, mm-hmm. the, the prehistoric person making the art on the walls. Like, they actually show us... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Cave people. Through a window. Through a window. But we're not actually touching it? Through which you see anything. also a tree. Right. Right. Well, right. It's so well um, put together. Oh, my I God. I also really, I like that one shot, if we're talking about windows, of the hole, the one I think you're talking about. In the cave. Yeah. Yeah. And how, you know, a stretch maybe, but we're talking about windows. Like, back then, they didn't that, have glass. That was their window. Well, they had glass, but yeah. they didn't, you know, that was their, well, no, actually, cavemen, no. Glass no. was not a thing. No, I know. I'm saying so, that hole in the I'm rephrasing what I just said. I just said glass existed back then. I take it And we also see inside that cave a shallow pool, and you can see the reflection Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. So they don't have glass, but they got water. So they're still seeing a reflection of themselves. And, okay, I'm sorry. I'm taking it deeper. Just get ready for this, right? So time, follow me here. Mm -hmm. Time is a reflection Mm -hmm. of reality. And reality is a reflection of time. Would you agree with this? This is kind of a basic idea, to be honest. I suppose, yeah. I would agree. We only know things exist because time is going. We wouldn't. Nothing would exist if time didn't exist. I guess. You know, that's yeah. all I say. Reality is therefore then a reflection of time, because and they are the same. Cause, effect. Yeah, but it's because it's more linear. paradoxical than that. They're but it's both, linear, and it, so is time. Right. It is true. Right. So therefore, reality is linear. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, I guess. Yeah. They're the same thing. That's all I'm trying to say. Look at it that from that lens. If we're talking about time and reality being the same thing, what... You could kind of think about the mirror and you looking into the mirror. That idea of the mirror reflection and you being the same is also kind of... You could kind of... It's kind of the same thing, dog. It's like if you're in a mirror, well, that's you. You know? Yeah. But you're you, 
Yes. And you're there. That's paradoxical in a way. Yeah, I guess it is. How? Because, because the, you know, the mirror is obviously not intelligent. The mirror doesn't know what it's reflecting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is honestly kind of a dope concept. What if it did? Boom. <laughs> but I'm writing something about that. That'd be awesome. But the mirror doesn't know any better. But if it did, it would be like, okay, well, I'm just, I'm Colin. Uh-huh. Looking and looking at Colin. I would be the mirror reflection. You know what I mean? There's this reciprocal mm-hmm. relationship there. And it's cool how time and reality, which is obviously a huge concept in this show, like, let's be honest, that's what everyone is obsessed about in this show. Mm-hmm. The whole the whole idea of kind of obfuscating the past and the present and the future, all three. Normally, you know, you've, you've heard the argument that, like, oh, the present doesn't exist. It's, all, it's always the yeah. future or the past. But this show is like, what if you know it all already? Yeah. Then nothing is nothing. So it obfuscates that concept of time and reality, if you kind of follow me then. Yeah. If you can't define time, you can't define reality type of thing. Like, think about the show. We were just talking about how we don't even know if this is the same world we're watching. Yeah. Right? We don't. The magic of editing, you can kind of do that. But watching that in a linear way, imagine how difficult that would be. You know? I mean, you're watching She-Ra, right? I remember watching that one episode with you when the world kind of was breaking down and it was flashing mm-hmm. into the future or the past or alternate realities. And it's just like, you don't know what's going on. No idea. Yeah. It's just like lost. Yeah. And we talk about this mirror and reflection thing and or mirror and reality the object that's being mirrored so i'll bring it back to lily the mirror and lily it's kind of like she finds herself in her own reflection but when devs enters the picture and everything kind of starts getting a little haywire right and her life starts going like totally down under once Sergey dies. That's kind of where it starts obviously mm-hmm. we get a lot of darker colors obviously and then but she still looks out the window She's always she's always looking out the window. She's coming through windows. She's coming mm-hmm. into Jamie's house. She refuses to use the freaking door ever. She always right. comes through his window, and then he comes through her window. I'm getting somewhere though. I'm getting somewhere though. So binaries. Let's enter this idea into the conversation. A binary. What is that? When we talk about binaries, we're talking about something and its opposite. Okay, very simple. This there is a binary. What I'm trying to get at is I see a binary between the relationship. Between Lily and a mirror, and or window, sorry, Lily and a window, mm-hmm. and time and reality, is kind of what I'm trying to say. As the show progresses, time, and therefore reality, gets more confusing. Mm-hmm. As the show progresses, also Lily falls more down, like she goes down, just in the progression of the story. Mm-hmm. Her life gets worse and worse and worse and worse, and she, but she is always doing the window thing. It, that's her thing. Yeah. She finds comfort in that, you know, like I feel there's kind of that symbol, that symbology of she knows herself. She is the person to change everything. She is the one who ruins the devs project because she is herself. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. the reflection is the object being reflected idea. I know. I know. It's concrete. It is. And it is very, um, again, like I always come back to like other literary references Oh, yeah. She's Alice, a hundred thousand percent. Well, yeah. When you're looking at this, and way. in this, and Alice in the, it's the same thing. Yeah. She's, she, she goes, falls down the rabbit hole and just keeps mm-hmm. getting. It just keeps getting weirder. It gets weirder and, and weirder, weirder, weirder. Yeah. And then there's that like climax part when it's like. Whoa, and she even says, "What's happening?" And Lily even says, "I don't even know 
who I am. Who I am. But then, but then, uh, there's that shot of her looking at the screen. It's just her. Mm-hmm. And it's a silhouette of her. Mm-hmm. Very important. That's like the one time I think we, that episode is when we start seeing silhouettes. I don't think silhouettes were a thing in the show before that episode. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's before episode eight. I'm yeah. sure silhouettes were a thing before that. I remember seeing, I remember Bruh. thinking, oh, Katie's silhouette is distinct. Really? Yeah. Mm, I'm talking like a Especially shadowed Katie. silhouette, though. No, not no, a blurry no, shot. Too. Really? Yeah, I'm almost sure there were some silhouettes of Katie. Really? I'm going to have to disagree. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'll talk, I'll talk about something different. I we'll might be have wrong to then. look that up. But I was going to say, like, <laughs> that shot of her, and it's obviously an important shot because we see her. If you can follow this chronology here, it's kind of confusing. So she and Forrest are together in the TV room, right? Mm-hmm. And we see her walk up to the screen first. Then it cuts away. And now we're seeing the things unfold, right? She's got the gun to Forrest. It's all happening. It's about, She's about to shoot him. Based on what we saw in the original version, right? Of that, of the, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but when she looks down, it cuts right back. Like, it's the coldest cut I've ever experienced. It's like, right at the climax, it just cuts to a different thing. You know what I'm talking about? It, cu- it cuts back to her standing in front of the TV screen again. And she looks down. Like this, like looks down. She's looking at the screen. Originally. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Actually. Dude, it's so good. You're kidding. You're kidding. I don't know what you're talking about. We you focus, should know this scene backwards, forwards, and sideways. We focus on different things. I focus on different things. Okay, fine. I don't remember Whatever. the editing. But this is the climax. How could you not remember this? Because, well, first of all, I don't feel like you're explaining it very well. So you're talking sorry, about sorry. when she's on in the room or when she's in the. She is getting. Box. She is in the mini box, okay. about to leave with Forrest, where she was going oh, to shoot okay, him. Oh, okay. Then I do know and what you're talking about. Moment the doors start closing, it cuts back to her standing in front of the TV yes, screen. Yes, I do know. What in you're that moment, about. and she looks at the side. That's all I'm saying. She's looking yes. at the screen. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. She. That's the moment she makes the decision about what she's gonna do. And the screen's all fizzy. Yes. And it's a silhouette. It's the most "quote unquote" obfuscated shot of Lily I think we've gotten. Hmm. In the show. Yeah, I guess. To be honest. And the moment when she looks down and away from it, and then it cuts back and she throws the gun, it's like she sees herself putting the gun on that floor. You know what I mean? Like, she's creating... Let me let me go for this. She's creating kind of her own reflection. I guess that's what I'm saying in that moment. Like, she is enacting upon her own mind that I'm going to throw the pistol down on the ground. Mm-hmm. The TV says whatever it's going to say. This is the reflection. I'm going to disagree with the reflection for once this time. Yeah. I'm going to do my own thing. She looks away from the screen okay. at the ground. I know what you're talking about now, yes. I know you know what I'm talking about. I'm making my point. Okay. She looks down at the ground. I think it's beautiful, man. I think I think it is exactly what I'm talking about, actually, with this time and reality window mirror lily thing. This huge concept that I've kind of been building on since the beginning in my head. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want to talk about it too much on the podcast, to be honest, because I wasn't there yet. But after seeing that last episode and watching it again with Felicity, mm-hmm. I was like, this should be something. This has to be something, man. Well, it definitely is. Like, it was, you're right. It was the moment she decided to create her own reflection. She literally yes. does what she thought she would do, which is kind of, it's in a way. Her moment of, it is 
an absolute meta reflection. I'm going to have free will. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome how it's shown with no dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just talk about this? <laughs> no dialogue. It just cuts back, mm-hmm. and you see her do it, and I'm like, here we go. I actually knew she was gonna throw the pistol the moment it cut back. Did I tell you this? No. Dude, I knew it because she looks down to the ground and I was like, oh, yo, <laughs> and she does it. I was like, dang, man, this is cool. It's literally, like, I mean, it's like when breaking the mold it's like when Kylo Ren is yeah. standing there. Mm-hmm. It is. In The Last Jedi. Oh. Watching his lightsaber hilt spinning on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the and same. it's like it's kind of light bulb. But, yeah. I it know is. exactly. <clears throat> I know exactly what I'm gonna do right now, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna like shock the crap out of everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good, man. No spoilers for the last Jedi. I won't say what happened. Ah, uh, man. Check out Unknown Regions podcast. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. Was that a rant? I feel like that wasn't a rant. That was kind of relevant. No, it's the. I, it's what I wanted to talk about. Okay, I wanted cool. To talk about. I hope I satisfied your question. What is up with Lily in the windows and? Yes, because you actually went a lot deeper. Than I nailed all those. I would have, I whereas I would have just been like, it is a threshold. The window is a threshold. Of course. Exactly. Yeah, that's what that, I think that's what I was trying to get to when, when saying it's kind of like a cage. It's a threshold that she can observe, through. see through, mm-hmm. and she thinks she's seeing, just like we all do when we look out a window, what's there. In reality, I, okay, and that's her world, right? But I do want to mention through those through that window. I do want to mention though. I also think it's a metaphor for just the eye, our eyes, and how our eyes are like windows to the world. A window to the soul, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And totally. windows to the soul. Yeah, there's like so many different. It's things. connected. It's connected. It's All these themes are somehow confusing. connected. That's why it's so freaking good. But even you're looking at it as like these windows represent like us looking at the world. Yes. Like reality yes time i'm telling you dog i got it i got it but i have to say Mm. that the whole the whole little um stuff with her always climbing up to jamie's window (laughs) yeah yes you know not only a princess moment but an alice moment too an Alice moment, a princess moment, a vampire moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked about all that before. We did. But it's also very telling, like, she's coming into hit. She's coming to him literally window. through a window, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happens at the end of the show. And it's so mm-hmm. freaking Wait. good. Wait. What? She goes through the looking glass, quote unquote, through the looking glass to another world. She's in now yeah. in a totally different world. Okay. And what's the first thing she does after she gets her, like, after she talks to Forrest and gets her mm-hmm. well, center, yeah. finds her center, she goes to get him. But, I, okay, well, how you said it made it sound like she goes back through that exact window. No, I'm saying metaphorically. All right. She goes All right. through the window. Yeah. And finds him. And then, of course, there's that lovely moment when he actually goes through the window and rescues her from the hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dude, totally, so totally, totally, totally. They are connected on a level that is special. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Also, really quick, does Alice go back out through 
back into the regular world again at the end of the movie? She does. Or story. Okay, she does. So my question is then, when is the threshold the threshold of the story crossed? If we're going to talk about this metaphor. Could you pin it to, pin it to one? This is going to lead but, straight into oh. my monomyth hero's journey oh yo look at that segue that wasn't even planned yo that wasn't even planned (laughs) it wasn't dog um so you have an answer for me hmm? you kind of have an answer for me then yes i do because um are we gonna go there now i mean that was too good of a segue to not go there free will and determinism first no all right it's a good one though all right, we'll we'll go with the segue. Okay, we'll do that one though. After I want to do that. Well, we yeah, we definitely have to touch on that. That's like a big deal. And that is also I could talk about the music too. <clears throat> and we also have to talk that. about names and symbolism. Okay. Um. All right, all right. I'm trying to think what else. I don't know, but let's let's talk about the monomyth. Okay. Or otherwise known as the hero's journey, and if you are unfamiliar with this concept, you probably learned about it in like. High junior school. high or something. Yep. Um, or because high. I learned about it in high school. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I had um, no idea this existed in junior high. I feel like a lot of times they, your English teacher will wrap this up along with your like Greek mythology unit or something like that. Oh, actually, to be fair, I went to a private elementary school, remember? So maybe yeah. they're kind of, maybe public high schools, the more state schools, maybe they do. So I'm, I got to speak for myself. I, I did not. Well, it's very possible elementary school that people learn about it more than <laughs> once. Like it's. Yeah. It's pretty pervasive when for you're sure. learning about liter- English and literature. Okay. Um, but if you're not familiar, this is a concept that uh, a man named Joseph Campbell came up with. <laughs> oh, man. A man. <laughs> I got <The> man. <laughs> I got among men. Yes. Literally. Uh, a very um, prolific. Prolific and intelligent scholar uh-huh. he basically dedicated his entire life to studying world mythology mm-hmm. comparative mythology comparative religion mm-hmm. his entire so cool. life so cool what a guy man and Dang. and what he came up with um is what m- most people know him for is this idea of the monomyth which which he claims after looking at all of these world religions and mythologies there is a a lot of commonality mm-hmm. with um, gods, heroes, goddesses sometimes, where there are steps in their journey that it's it's they all have sort of similarities. Mm-hmm. So if we're gonna talk about um, a modern <laughs> a modern representation of this story. Mm-hmm. George Lucas has oh, is boy. very well known. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> that he used the monomyth mm-hmm. to write Star Wars. Yeah. Luke Skywalker is the hero. Multiple times. <laughs> in many different in ways. In many different ways. <laughs> but initially Luke Skywalker is the hero and he goes through this series of steps. And just to be clear, there's not like a defined number of steps. Oh, there no. are different versions. Yeah. There you are. don't have to have all the steps in the cycle to be considered an official monomyth story or whatever. Mm-hmm. You typically but, just need the uh, the beginning, the middle, and the end parts that are the like the actual beginning, the end, and the thing in the middle. Yeah, I mean there are 
basics to it, but there are yeah. also details that you can go into. Okay. The tropes, yeah, those are based the tropes, on the details, yeah. but the but the actual linear archetypes. Archetypes of yeah. characters, etc. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm really really sad. I actually was like, oh. "Oh, let me check and see if um it's still on Netflix and it's not." Oh, the thing with him and being interviewed. Oh. They're rough, man. You could probably get it at your library. I'm sure. Um, but it's Bill Moyers interviewing Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. That's fire. And they were buds. <laughs> and they um, did. It was not long before Joseph Campbell died that they did these interviews. Mm-hmm. And um, he basically is talking about everything. <laughs> the hero with a thousand faces. That's the name of the book that he wrote. That's specifically about what I'm talking about right now. The hero's journey in the mm-hmm. monument. But anyway, it's, Neither here nor there because they apparently took it off of Netflix when I wasn't looking. That's bogus, man. They got all these reality shows and they I took know. that down. Like, How the dare they, dude? How dare they? But chances are good. Um, you go to the library. You can probably find those videos. And, of course, there's the book. He wrote a million books. Mm-hmm. They're all fascinating. Mm-hmm. But since day one of watching this show, I was like, this is going to be a hero's journey. I can tell. Oh, man. Okay. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I can dude. tell. No, I can totally can mm-hmm. totally tell. All right, man. So, well, it's set up to show you, like, the hero, the first scene. And I feel like when the protagonist is shown in the first shot, you bet it's going to be some variation of the hero's journey. I don't know. That's just a thing I have. I don't know. I'll tell you, like, when did I, when was I, like, oh, I think it was probably when let me think when was i first like ooh, beth is gonna be here's journey i guess when sergey died and it like throwed it threw her into right in the beginning right in the chaos when it happened in the beginning that you went to a character you didn't expect it to happen to Mm -hmm. that was so close to her that was like okay and the fact that it started out like the very first scene was this domestic domestically mm-hmm. tranquil yeah yeah, yeah. this total, is her total world. tatooine man that's a tatooine moment this is her world and yeah. it's very everything's very normal mm-hmm. nothing weird nothing to see here everything's fine and then you know we know what happens so anyway i just want to kind of go through not in super detailed detailed because that would i would probably talk for two hours mm-hmm. but um i'm gonna shut up you can basically it. uh typically the hero's journey starts out with something called the call to adventure, which is just like I said, you have this hero who starts out in their normal world, their normal everyday, whatever it is they do, and something happens that basically says to them, you are going to have to do something mm-hmm. big sure. because you're being called to do something, whether it's like in Star Wars, it's, you know, his family is killed and Ben Kenobi is like, you're going to come with me to Alderaan. And he's like, huh? And then Dude. his family's killed and he's like, yeah, okay, I guess. Can we just talk about how in that scene, uh, this is not a Star Wars podcast. Can we talk about how in that scene, <laughs> it goes through like five stages in the same scene? <laughs> like, it's like, okay, he finds his parents dead. And then Ben Kenobi's like... You must become a Jedi. And yeah. then he's like, no. And then he's like, but you will. And he's like, okay, I'll do it because my parents died. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, 
It's so bare bones. It's very, it, it is literally the hero's journey. It's so bare so bones. So in this, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But not that different. Because she Go ahead, yeah. wakes up, goes to work. We he, see her at work. She's got friends. Everything's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her boyfriend, we think, I don't know about you, but at the beginning of this show, I really thought this was going to be like a spy show of some sort with maybe some weird technology going on. You explained to me what Devs was like. I remember you gave me an odd description. I don't remember what you said, but it was kind of like that, I think. It was like, yeah, there's like this really cool sci-fi show. <laughs> you called it a sci-fi show. Well, I mean, it is it a is. sci-fi show. It's much more than that. but It is. Initially, I really thought it was going to lean way more into the technology mm-hmm. espionage type of thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Dang, that's, been boring. <laughs> that's her call to adventure, basically. The death of Sergei is her wake-up call that she's going, everything's about to change. Sure. She's going to have to do something. You didn't even write this stuff down. You just, you just know I, this. I wrote a couple <laughs> things down where I was like, well. But um, Proud of you. another step in the, like you were just talking about when Luke says, no, I can't. I have to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get in trouble anyway. I can't be listening to your nonsense about being a Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, With Lily, that's called refusal of the call. Mm -hmm. With Lily, it's a little strange because she never really says, I don't want any part of this. But what she does say to Anton. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. We see it. (laughs) F you. How can you miss it? By the way, a sign in a window, literally. Mm. That she puts in the window. Yeah. Um, no, I don't want any part of that mm-hmm. aspect of this story. Oh. What? Ooh, I just realized something. What? Okay, wait. So when we see that sign, by the way, mm-hmm. on the other side of the window, and we see it right the right way, like that we read mm-hmm. it correctly, mm-hmm. doesn't that mean, and this is a stretch, doesn't that mean she had to write it backwards? No. No, it's not a mirror. She just put it up in the no, window. No, 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 no. It's not a mirror, but you're, if you you're wrote, looking at it from the other side. It doesn't matter. If you wrote a, a note, if I wrote that out and I put it in the window, it would wait, be fine. Wait, write something and then show me. <laughs> I'm, yeah, not gonna waste, I'm not going to waste Just write something, a symbol or something. <laughs> no, that's mean. <laughs> Okay. I wrote fuck you. No, okay. no swearing on the podcast, it's, man. I was just emulating Lily, just to make sure you understood. That was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean it. No. I was going to anyway. say it's like the retina, but never mind. I was going to freak out for a second. No, it, it definitely, it's not like when you take a selfie. Th- I swear. <laughs> man, I'm a millennial. It's all good. You, you're not a millennial. You're whatever the next one is. But okay. yeah, you've been raised on cell phones. You Dang it. Oh, I feel like an idiot. Can we cut that out? No, it's funny. No, okay. but I'm smart. So, okay. <laughs> you are smart. But, you know, I've always told you you're the smart. You're the intellectual smart. Mm-hmm. Practical smartness. It's all just theory to me. Maybe not so much. I'm not living in reality, y'all. No, he really doesn't. <laughs> anyway, so her refusal of the call mm-hmm. is interesting because it's not a refusal, period. Mm-hmm. A la Luke Skywalker, who's just like, nah, I want a part of this. <laughs> Again, she, her refusal of the call is the FU mm-hmm. to Anton, um, specifically, because he's trying to draw her into this 
very it's a very like boring quote-unquote part of the story like Mm -hmm. considering the story Uh, that we got mm -hmm. she's just like no i'm on this direction (laughs) i'm going in another direction because as they say many times in the story she is the type of person that does the things only other people think about doing anton says that doesn't he um you're very special i think it's jamie that says that because he's like i just want to make sure that you're not going to try to contact that person Mm -hmm. because that would be something you would do i love it and then she's like yeah, that's a bad idea. Even though she had already done it, it was yeah. funny. Um, but anyways, keep going. With so I feel time. like that's her refusal of the call. Um, there's a couple of things that can come in probably sort of different uh, orders, but um, this particular cycle that I'm looking at mm-hmm. has a. Oh, and also I want to say the call specifically. I don't know if I made this clear that her call to adventure was basically Sergey's death. I think you said that. I don't know if I meant if I was really clear about that. Okay. Um, but then, so what does she do after she tells Anton, "F you, I don't want any part of that." She goes and she finds Jamie, mm-hmm. and that's how we meet Jamie. We we meet Jamie within the context of, "I need you to crack this app," mm-hmm. and then later she needs him to look at the footage that they stole from Kenton's office to see if there's anything strange about it. For sure. So. Yeah. She's having everyone cracking into everything. (laughs) Jamie fills a couple of roles. Mm -hmm. But. Don't they all? I feel that he actually fills the role of what they call the supernatural aid. Okay. And sometimes it is literally... Like in a fantastical story, like Harry Potter or whatever. Yeah. It is literally supernatural mm-hmm. stuff. But in this case, the supernatural is really just technology mm-hmm. that she wouldn't know how to do herself. Right. She needed Jamie to do those things. She would have never gotten any further in her journey had he not. Mm-hmm. She even says, you are the only one that can do this. Mm-hmm. You're the only one I know that's smart enough. And the only one that I would trust. So nice. I feel like he is definitely her supernatural aid, but he also is like. Is there a lover role? Is that um, not a thing? I don't, shocking to me. Yeah, I mean there probably is, but considering that most of the like the old stories were always men. Oh, it's mono. There's a I'm tem- an idiot. There's a temptation. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Never mind. It's there's a monomyth. A, there's a temptation aspect sometimes yeah. of like. Of course. Yeah. With the, the yeah. sirens. Oh, what the? Why? I am throwing. I am throwing <laughs> this episode, man. Come on. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm getting angry at myself. I'll relax. It's fine, dear. You're not You're not expected to know like guys, literally every single thing. Guys, no. This is for my fans, man. <laughs> it's for the fans. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. So in answer to your question, yes, there is that kind of thing, but it's more like a temptation, like a sexual temptation that's trying to derail the hero off gotcha. of his That makes sense, though. Thing. That makes sense. Also, quick quick question for my, for my own understanding. Mm-hmm. Is monomyth the same thing as the hero's journey? My understanding is, yeah. It's just another word. So why is it called monomyth? I think that's the term, like, Joseph Campbell 
technically called it. Like right, this, so this why? hero's journey story and these archetypes, that is the monomyth. Right, but why the word monomyth? Like what is what monomyth? Those are very particular syllables. Mono meaning all these mythologies oh. have a common structure. I'm gonna do it again. And I thought it and a common arch and common architect. I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> I'm literally dumb. I thought it meant one person, as in like mono, mm, like oh, a hero, sure. and then no. myth being the myth about that hero. No, it's just Dang like it. saying all these myths have a lot of commonality and follow the same structure. All right, I'm gonna stop talking. About okay, that. so I'm sad. I'm sad. I consider Jamie helping her to be the supernatural aid, at yeah. least initially. Um, and then here's why I use the word threshold specifically about the windows, because there are two, there's, there's crossing the first crossing the threshold. threshold, Yeah. And what that means is the, the hero has gone from their normal everyday existence that they have been living their whole lives Mm -hmm. and they're crossing over into this new world that in um for most of this story is pretty harrowing for her it's not like uh, you know it's Mm -hmm. i don't know what do you mean by harrowing like it's very scary oh yeah totally oh yeah the whole the whole second episode is scary honestly it's weird how scary it is it shouldn't be as scary as it is but you know that one scene when she's walking up that mountain to meet anton and the Mm -hmm. music is hitting you and it's like Ooh, it's like haunting, you know? Yeah, they they put a very, um, like a lot of times it's more adventurous the mood than changes. scary. Yeah, the mood changes though immediately the next episode. It's like, it, it's like you are in darkness now. Like it's honestly, if, if you're watching Harry Potter, you're watching Star Wars, you're watching anything like that, you would not term those to be, um, you know, thrillers. No. But Devs has... Thrilling aspects for hella sure. Hella lot of... Yeah thriller it takes a lot from the shining there's a lot of suspense built in nothing you yes know what I mean? there's a lot of suspense yeah suspense so built in, I, I like that i coined that what suspense in nothing suspense. because that is suspenseful you know what i mean when you're when it's so action-packed and all of a sudden nothing happens yes like, anticipatory oh, yeah it is suspense sorry that's a better way of putting it but anyway <laughs> yeah i mean this is not a typical mm-hmm. what i usually like my hero's journey to be which is usually like Spoon fed to you like a fantasy. Baby. What? Well, I'm sorry. Was that me? Was Shut that up. Me? <laughs> Star Wars, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. That's more. That's more my yeah. flavor. All right. Um, but re- regardless, this mm-hmm. is definitely a hero's journey. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, she crosses over the threshold. Basically, when, I mean, like for good. Once they, once they figure out that that footage from him committing suicide supposedly is fake mm-hmm. like there's no turning back after that mm-hmm. <clears throat> sure yeah he cracked the phone and she met with the spy and all that but that was not um it was i don't feel like it was really at that point that she was like okay this is the point of no return it was more yeah, once she realized so. they straight up murdered him mm-hmm. yeah that's when she was like I'm doing something about this. Don't know what. Because they're going to try to kill me now, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, That's the third episode. Yeah, I, I remember this. Yeah. She actually is sitting with Jamie, and she's like... They were trying to decide what to do, and she's she's just like, well, 
I mean... The police or whatever. And yeah. Figuring out what happened. Why? Um, so one of the next parts is called uh, The Belly of the Whale. Mm-hmm. Pinocchio. Which I feel like... <laughs> Pinocchio. Which I feel like um, actually comes a little later. Okay. To be honest, because I feel like that's like when she's in the psychiatric hospital. Like, they've got her. Mm-hmm. She's... They've got her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was over. But, um... Then, you know, there's something called the Road of Trials, which mm-hmm. in mythology, it's like where they, where, is it um, Odysseus? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting confused, too. No, you're good. Um, like when Odysseus has to go through all those, like, uh, all the names are escaping me. The sirens. The sirens. The, the Cyclops. The, yes. The, all of that. Yeah. Um, so everything she's not doing. Not the Golden Fleece. I always get a whack, man. It's not the Golden Fleece. No, it's not. That's somebody else. That is... (laughs) Jason and the Argonauts? Yes, I always get them messed up. I actually think there's a Cyclops in that story, too. There might be two. I think we're actually thinking of Jason. That's a better one. Jason with the Golden Fleece and, you know, the the Cyclops and... What's another big one? Um, I need to be much better in my... I do, too. Mythologies. I do, too. I haven't haven't touched space with, like, classic I always have to look this stuff up. Yeah. Every time, because I can't keep yeah. it straight. Stories but anyway, crazy. Road of Trials is just basically like, you're going through, you're going through it. Mm-hmm. You're just really going through it. Right. Which she does. Like, all this stuff happens. She has to... Well, Kenton. Kenton <laughs> is constantly dogging her. Yeah, dude. Um. Oh, and then... Um, they think she's got schizophrenia. They, he, well, we think she has schizophrenia at first. Like, that yeah. actually, that's really interesting because that's another, maybe, like, <clears throat> the, it's part of the road of trials, even though it kind of, it doesn't really go in order, but. Sure, whatever. <clears throat> that's part of one of her trials. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. I need some tea. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> All right. I only have so much voice. You're good, dude. And it's Silence about bad, 90 dude. minutes is usually about my limit when it starts to go. And that's about Oh, it. we're 90 minutes in, yo. I think we've got to wrap it up. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so, you know, Jen is a helper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter. Oh, yeah, the we boy. We don't know what his deal is. Yeah. Sorry, i got to blow my nose real quick. I'm going to mute. Until later on, we finally find out who he is. And... I could actually throw it out there that he is a mentor. The mentor I... the mentor is somebody who like the Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. the Yoda. Mm-hmm. The teacher, whatever. The, teacher's the teacher. But what is interesting about Pete is he is more like he is Yoda-esque because when we first meet Yoda we don't know he's Yoda. Mm-hmm. We think we're going to see Yoda. He's going to take Luke to Yoda. And he's being all goofy and he's being all silly. Yeah. Is that a Star Wars thing, actually? It is a... Was that not really a thing before Star Wars? No, where, it like, was. the guy, you can't tell who he is? No, it was a thing. It's okay. a... Um, right. I want to... It's like an Asian oh. thing where you have the... I forget what the term is, but you have like a... What is it? It's like you have a master, but he is goofy in some way. Mm-hmm. Like Uncle Iroh. 
for of instance, course, of course, in yeah. Avatar. Huge example. He is Zuko's mentor big time. Yeah. But he's also a goofball a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, to diffuse like the anxiety and the, the aggression sure. in the student and all that. But that's basically what Pete is. We think he is... Mm-hmm. comic relief a sleeper mentor (laughs) he's comic relief like he's joking around with he's being funny with jamie Mm -hmm. he's like shooting finger guns at kenton yeah he's telling him to look up in the wind i think lily left a message for you (laughs) because the (laughs) fu sign is still in the window like he is goofy yoda Mm -hmm. trickster yoda but then we obviously come to find out later he gets serious (laughs) he knows everything He's been watching. He's a spy. He's had his eye on her the whole time. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't even have to because he says, like, my job was to watch Sergei. I chose to keep an eye on you, though, because, you know, he basically just liked her and he wanted to take care of her. So, right. So he's in some way, a lot of ways, a mentor for her that's cool which is a thing yeah i didn't really think about it honestly um and then okay so a lot of this you can look up you know online and find all these steps and everything but basically what we end up doing at the end of this story which Mm -hmm. is super duper interesting sure we have forest who for all intents and purposes the whole time we kind of feel is the antagonist Mm -hmm. not as antagonistic as kenton who was just full-on sociopath Mm -hmm. killing people Mm -hmm. but i mean he's the boss like he's his boss and he's the one that's standing there watching him murder sergey yeah so yeah he's he's the antagonist Mm -hmm. and katie both of them kind of working in concert so very interesting to me that when we get to the point of um crossing the return threshold Mm -hmm. so coming back into the real world which is when like okay so the hero has gone through all this mumbo jumbo drama Mm -hmm. for what it's usually to obtain knowledge knowledge or an item of some importance or just to level up, basically. <laughs> yeah, to upgrade. <laughs> to upgrade to a new... To get pack-a-punch for anyone who knows that. <laughs> to upgrade to a new level of understanding and then take that... And apply it back to the real world. And go back to... Go back home, basically. And go back to... Um, or take it out into the community and share their mm-hmm. newfound knowledge. And that's... For sure. How it usually ends. And that's like crossing back into the... Crossing the return threshold. <laughs> Lots of words. Becoming the master of two worlds, which means you are now the master of your normal world, and you have also mastered this um, other supernatural world mm-hmm. that you've been in during your journey. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Because at some point... She she does become the master of both worlds. She becomes the mm-hmm. master of both worlds when she exhibits that free will and throws the gun and she thinks, no, I'm not playing by your rules. I'm not doing it. Yeah, dude. But what happens? 
she dies anyway. <laughs> yeah. Because frigging Stuart, <laughs> who we got to talk about later, yeah. who I don't feel like is involved in this hero's journey too much other than to be uh, purposefully not involved. Well, yeah, we, like you yeah we just talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one that flips the switch mm-hmm. that causes the cube to fall anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's neither here nor there. We can talk about that too. Like she didn't even escape her fate. She still died. It's dope, man. But, but what is so crazy is that Forrest, who you think is working against her this whole time, actually ends up facilitating her being this master of both worlds because it's his technology and it's his... Um, so Forrest is kind of the master of both worlds. Well, Forrest is, I feel like, ends up becoming a mentor as well because mm-hmm. yeah. he's the one that facilitates this supernatural aid, this the dev system right? that gives her the opportunity mm-hmm. to go back, fix everything that he did to her to mess her whole life up mm-hmm. and gives her a reboot like a restart right so that she I mean can, hey that's lo- that's legit I feel she like literally legit. wakes up in the same exact spot where the show starts mm-hmm. like you were saying that's kind of a oh so it's almost like well, here we go again like type of thing now look at it this way well she's back in her normal world but she's not she's She's in the new world, too. Like, it's both. She's in both. She's mastered both now. Yeah. So that's the moment of mastering both. Yeah. And I feel like it makes, especially when they, when Forrest and her meet in that field and they have that conversation and he explains everything to her. It's a good scene. He explains everything and says, you know, this is the way (laughs) it is now. (laughs) This is the way it is now. You get a do-over. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I are the only ones that know this. Mm-hmm. Now go out and be you. Like, I think he literally even says something like, just go. Do you. <laughs> live your life. Like, mm-hmm. do what you always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's be what yourself. Yeah. So it's, it was just like, wow, that is such an Twisty. interesting twist on this it whole. Is. It is. I don't think I've seen that before. Idea. Oh, I definitely have never seen that before. That's dope, man. That's dope. You think he came up with that? Well, like Alice I said, I, he wrote books. There's no way uh, he no, doesn't know. know about the monomyth, and there's no oh, way yeah. he didn't realize that that's what he was doing. Right. I don't know that that's what he said. Like, he was like, I'm going to take the monomyth and I'm going to spin it. I don't know if he had that conscious. It's not really spinning idea. the monomyth, though. It's just like re articulating some of the stages and like creating a chronology that works both ways. That's what he wanted to do. Well, I yeah, like. okay, fine. But I'm just saying the the whole idea of who we he thought... He leads our expectations, and we're definitely tricked. Like, once yes. it's, like, there. But I think, as someone who would write this story, he's not tricking himself. He knows from the beginning no, that I that's know. what he wants to do. I, I just know. I like that in retrospect. That's all. But again, I, I don't know if he started from a place of, I want to examine free will and determinism, which he's said many times, that's kind of what he was examining mm. along with superposition and stuff like that, that he found intriguing. <laughs> okay. So superposition. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, seriously. If you read, Come like on. listen to his interviews, like, yeah, like 
physics and dude quantum mechanics and superpositions are interesting dude i need to meet him <laughs> i need it anyway in conclusion this is a very very interesting take on the monomyth mm-hmm. i love it it's very good i also think it's great that oh, is oh, oh. what oh my one more thing God, i don't want to forget all right remember when we were watching episode eight maybe the second or third time and i was like when she goes to see Jamie, mm-hmm. and she again, hesitates. he's wearing that that outfit that he lent, he loaned her, yeah. which I thought was sweet. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. interestingly, if you look at it, the actual shot, oh. there is a wide, light-colored um, yeah. line, yeah, strip stripe. Mm-hmm. on the ground. Dividing them. Dividing them when she walks up to him in that plaza or whatever it is. And she hesitates and she just stands there for a second. Mm-hmm. They stand there looking at each other and then she very purposefully mm-hmm. steps over that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a threshold. Like, it's a line on the ground. Like, she's stepping uh-huh. over it specifically. How many thresholds are there going to be? <laughs> to grab him and hug him and... I just like how that's the last thing in the show. And he like. closes his eyes. That is a big. Oh, yeah. Oh. Wonderfully beautiful thing. Is that a Lost reference? Let's be honest. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, Lost is. It used a lot of the same themes, to be honest. Yeah. Eyes were a big thing. The eyes shutting, though. Different worlds, you know, different um, dimensions and mm-hmm. whatnot. But. What I wanted to tack on one thing. So I'm looking at your chart. She has like a, this diagram right here. It's a circle showing all the steps along the circle, but that it's split into three sections. Mm, yes. And the first section called sep- is called separation. The second section is initiation. Initiation, and the third is return, which are by the way in the colors of green, red, and blue. Oh right. yeah, <laughs> they totally are. Yeah, I didn't uh, even notice that. That's funny, but. You know, so it's this idea of starting somewhere and then you're separated from that somewhere. This and then wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. It goes in it goes clockwise, right? The top of this circle is the like your normal world, typically. And then down here during initiate the initiation is basically when you're the in the special world. Right. So I'm t- I'm but I'm I'm twisting it a little bit. I'm I'm turning it on its head. So essentially the hero's journey or monomyth, you can split into three parts, right? You're kind of at home, the homeland. You leave that, and now the trials. That's the second part. Yeah. And then once you get through the trials, you return, which is a very simple. Return part. newly enlightened and go out into your very your simply world and yeah. share your knowledge or whatever. Which, but I use these words very specifically. So let me let me get to my point. Uh huh. You start somewhere, you go somewhere else, and you come back. Okay. Yes. That is. The most basic, I think you could dumb down the, the monomyth. Yes. So extremely. I think this is cool. This is a music thing. The form in ABA. music, ABA, which is the in classical Western music. Okay, it is the, and I think I talk about this the first episode on this podcast. I actually think I mentioned this. I'm sure you did. I remember. Which you is talking in about. a weird way. ABA. Also arc form. <laughs> so I'm an artist, guys. Like, please. But, yeah, ABA, this concept of the, the each letter stands for material used in a piece. Mm-hmm. So A material, B material, and A material, again. Whereas A material, the starting material, you go to the B material, which is different, right? The letter A is different than the letter B. 
and then you go back to A material, which is going back to the same material as in the beginning. You can be very serious about it and literally repeat the A material in the second A section, mm-hmm. but you can also do A, B, A prime, which is you take the A material in the end, but you change it somehow. That's all it means. Yeah. Right. So I think it's cool talking about paradoxes again, right? How this story, you just pointed out how you could look at it in kind of both ways, how Forrest becomes a mentor in a way, or mm-hmm. a weird twist of events, right? Where there's kind of this weird fork in the road of the hero's journey. All of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. When she goes into this new dimension, the sim, right? It's like, this is different now, right? But she's back home, technically. Technically, yeah. So you can say it's ABA Prime then. But you can also say it's ABA. Yeah, it's because not Because it's not Prime. It's not exactly reality. Well, no, no, no. The Prime the indicates reality. that it is not exactly reality. The Prime indicates it's new. In oh, some okay. way. So what I'm saying is you could see it as being new, ABA Prime, mm-hmm. but you could also see it through the lens of the monomyth and just following around the circle. It works as ABA. So that last section, it's like, is it changed? Is it the same? They're both happening at the same time. Boom. You know, it's the paradox. Interesting. In a very beautiful kind of artistic way. Very simple music stuff. I'm, I'm sure anyone who goes to music school for like a day learns about it or um it's you know like any famous piece is an aba everyone knows it it's sonata form moonlight sonata aba um various other pieces i don't need to go on but yeah i just think that that's really cool i also want to bring up Mm -hmm. a phase of the one of you know one of the one of the parts of the monomyth i'm having trouble spitting things out for some reason that's fine but you gotta speak louder um, the mic will not pick up your voice oh i'm sorry i feel like i'm right on top of it but i'm gonna maybe you're right on top of it now but <laughs> again like i because yeah, so you're well back up back up back our up. screen is in a really weird configuration right now and i can't oh, see yeah can i take this away actually my sound waves or whatever can i take this away can you take what away the screen can i delete this we're not oh, even using well, it well i guess so i mean right. i might need it but Never mind. Um, anyway, there is a step called atonement with the father. Oh, yes. This is super important. And I mean, we actually see Lily with her father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. But um, we then, but again, like, I feel like that is something that she gets with Forrest because she has yeah. this antagonistic relationship with him. For the entire time Mm -hmm. until the very end Mm -hmm. when they end up together, you know, moving into this new world together. And he's the one that has to explain to her, like, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. this is, we're the only two that know. And we're the new Adam and Eve, basically. And this is our (laughs) Garden of Eden. Um, And... Uh, you are now free to go live your life and find Jamie and do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting, but they, it's interesting that they have her in those uh, flashbacks or whatever you want to call them. Um, when Katie was watching mm-hmm. with her dad in two different, two different scenes with sure. their, them playing the game and then, and then he's him, on his deathbed him on his deathbed <laughs> the dad man but <laughs> i no mean time. it's very interesting like who's that's her real father and then who kind of ends up being her mm-hmm. quote-unquote father 
Dude, I love that like proverb. Or uh, not? Pro- it's not a proverb. It's Greek. I remember he says it's Greek. Yeah. Greek. Um, about the guy stepping in the river and how it's never the same. River yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, or the yeah. same man, bro. That's the metaphor for the whole show. I can't even. That's I can't true. even. Hey, you know what? Devs is good. Devs is good. <laughs> yeah. We say that about Star Wars all the time. Hey, it's so funny. Hey, you, you know what? Star Wars is good. Okay, so I'm Devs. forcing you to move on from the monomyth now. Okay, but there's a lot of other things like. Dude. <laughs> I know. We've spent 45 minutes I know, talking but about God, this. God, I mean, I was just like. It's perfect. There's like it's perfect. The rescue from without. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so tiny I can hardly see it. But oftentimes the hero needs a powerful guide to bring them back to everyday life, which is usually the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if the person has been wounded or weakened by the experience. Mm-hmm. Again, we've got Pete, and we've got ultimately forest mm-hmm. both kind of i feel that doing feel the that. same job but in different contexts realm, different realms i guess yeah okay let's talk about Stuart. all right can you please okay real quick let's go through names and symbology all right. or symbolism all right. forest obvious we already talked about him yeah lily also pretty obvious. damn obvious <laughs> lilies are flower easter lilies Christ figure, resurrection, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. Um, Sergei Pavlov. Mm-hmm. We've actually we've talked about that a lot. We've never really said why Pavlov. Why are we referencing? Oh boy, I hope you. I was hoping you would never ask this. A conditioning. I don't know. A, a psychologist who did that famous dog experiment where he conditioned the dogs. I mean, I guess because okay, okay. I think I've just answered my own question oh. because. <laughs> okay. Because he is, what is he? He's a spy, mm-hmm. a Russian spy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a Russian yeah. industrial espionage agent. So, and and Forrest basically tells him, you had no other choice but to end up where you are right now because of determinism. Mm-hmm. You were born in Russia or whatever. Somebody made you feel like this was your responsibility to do this and it was the right thing to do. Right. So basically it's kind of like they rang the bell and he salivated. Like. Sure. I guess. Uh, I guess. Like he was conditioned, in other words, to be who he was, to end up where he ended up. Because of determinism. So, you're, so it's almost like a commentary on society? Is that I think what you're it's getting all, at? I think it's a commentary on determinism. Okay. And but also society. Um, no. How we're all not conditioned really. to do our things. <laughs> well, maybe, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe. In some way, I guess. But more so within the context of the story, I think it's it's just like what I said. Like he's He's just going to keep doing this same thing over and over and over. Um, and he's just going to keep doing it because he can't not, according to Forrest. Right. Um, okay. Stuart, you know, mm-hmm. you change one letter and the word becomes steward, which is, you know, a guide. Oh. <laughs> someone I was who, like, what? Someone who, you know, shows you the way. Like, mm-hmm. And he, we've just talked about before how he is the voice of reason and logic. Yep. 
he totally He's flips. He's an intelligible soul. He totally flips. He changes his tune hardcore mm-hmm. right around the time when he realizes this shit is crazy. Like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. You have too much power. You know, he lo- he obviously has affection for Lyndon. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's worried for Lyndon. He's like, get out of here. Go away. They're going to kill you. They're not kidding. Mm-hmm. Go. Um, Rip. And right around that time is when he starts rattling off poetry and stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. when he becomes... He becomes Edgar, the raven. He be- he becomes outside the story. Like, he's mm-hmm. now sort of the Greek chorus character who's like... Definitely. Yeah. You're all crazy. <laughs> yeah. And you're you're so crazy. He becomes kind of the super ego. If you want to look at it from a Freudian perspective. Yeah. And then we haven't talked about Freud. We're doing this. We ain't doing this podcast <laughs> justice, man. It's just there's too much. There's I know. too much. There's too much. We can only talk about what we like. But gosh darn it, dog, you can look at this with the id, the super ego, the igloo, the, the iceberg analogy. Bro. Sure. That would be so interesting, okay. dude. But Stuart. Okay, yeah. Interesting that um I think I think I read Alex Garland absolutely confirm mm-hmm. that Stuart is the one that makes the them fall yeah it's not the gunshot no i know which i did not pick up on wait what at all until i read it what it's, i thought it was pretty obvious that time because he oh maybe it isn't obvious actually it's not obvious no you barely see him on the side yeah. of the shot Ooh. pushing those buttons mm. in the in the little um foyer area right okay it's not obvious. And then you just, I mean, I just assumed that she shot, she it shot broke Forrest. the magnet, magnetic field. It broke the seal. Dang. And that's what causes it to fall. That's whack. But no, it's okay. not. It's Stuart. Mm. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to extrapolate what that means oh boy. It, for, the, <laughs> for what really happens. He obviously, you know, the second time we see that when she doesn't shoot him, it's obviously Stuart that does it because there's mm-hmm. nothing else that could have done it. Yep. And, you know, he and Katie have the whole conversation. She's like, why did you, why, why did you do that? And he's like, <laughs> had to put a stop to this. I love Stuart in that scene. Man. Had to put a stop to this. Not even a bat, not even batting the eyes. Just like, that's how it had to be, chief. Okay. <laughs> so I have to... I personally have to now assume that he went into the projection room and saw what Lily saw. Mm -hmm. What they showed her was what he also saw. And that he made a decision right then and there that if, if that he was going to push that button, no matter what. Mm -hmm. What if Stuart was God in this show? Everybody on this show is God. I get it. Everybody. But in that scene, very much so. <laughs> I guess that gets confusing. Never I guess you know what? we don't cha- need to talk about. It. But but here's he's the champion of of uh, I'm gonna make sure that what's quote unquote supposed to happen happens. Happen, yeah, he that scene also huge Icarus vibes, man. Icarus falling, 
when they fall through the you know when they fall in the cube. Oh, and... them! I thought you were talking about Stuart. No, it's, I don't know. He's kind of like the sun, and they're the ones flying. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe. But I'm picking up weird vibes right now, man. <laughs> picking up weird vibes. But anyway, his name Stuart is very close to Steward. Sure. And I feel like the fact that he lives in a house on wheels, mm-hmm. that the man is he's disconnected, capable of going anywhere and doing anything he wants because mm-hmm. his house, nomadic, his house, he's yes. And he, again, he ch- completely changes his um, stance from being super into this technology and being super excited about it to suddenly being like the harbinger of doom. Like he's just like, the Falcon, get out here, the Falconer. Like he's just like, this is all going bad right. and I'm not having it and I'm going to do something about it no matter what. And I'm going to make sure that this technology is contained bro also that that principle of how he kind of throughout the whole show he's kind of an enthusiastic dude in the beginning he's watching that's what like, i'm sex saying tapes. he's, he's doing all these, super excited he's about it guy. but he down spirals it's not just like a switches i feel like i think it's gradual because linden dies before they see like the planet from outside in space mm-hmm. and all this stuff happens before i think it's a gradual decline which gets me Gives me huge, huge undertones of the Raven. Huge. How, like, throughout the poem, it starts very gloomy and dark, and this guy's kind of just alone in his bed. He's really upset. And then as the story continues, he gets crazier and asks crazier questions and gets deeper and deeper and deeper into this Raven. You know what I mean? Like, how it becomes the only thing that matters. But he goes insane, and Stuart more, like, is the opposite. Sane. Clairvoyant. Like, he starts understanding Mm -hmm. this, how dangerous this is. I think that's cool, man. It's like a, it's like a gyre. It is like a gyre. <laughs> boom, boom. Please see episode eight for that reference. Do we talk about know. gyres in that? Yeah, we did. Cool. Okay. I think it was episode eight. Maybe it was seven. Um, okay. Anyway, Stuart. I think I've made it very clear. My favorite. Go. Is it your favorite too? Um, of everybody? No, but it's it's the best performance in the show. Who's your favorite? Hands though? down. Um, I gotta be, admit, I think Katie's my favorite. Oh, mm-hmm. literally, I would have never guessed her. She just goes in all sorts of directions, man. She's sleeping with the boss one moment. <laughs> She's like so weird. crying in the last scene, which is really touching, kind of. I don't know her. Imagine being given the script, and you're this character. Yeah, that is heavy, dude. She is like the most. And again, I, I'm pretty sure I read Alex Garland saying this, that she and Forrest are like two priests. Totally, yeah. And Forrest is the priest who doubts his faith. And Katie is the priest who never doubts. Mm-hmm. She she has been into the... She's been all many worlds all the time. Yep. That's what she's storming out of a lecture when he meets her because she's so into this theory Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is very interesting like okay why would you hire someone (laughs) who's purposefully into the one theory that you hate it's very weird i don't know dog um anyway 
But that's yeah. another story. We, we ain't getting into that. Fascinating. <laughs> she is a fascinating character. Dude, so good, man. So good. And uh, all her, all the execution that she does. Every execution is good. It's like she was born to play this role. Allison man. Pill. As far as I'm concerned, yes. If I'm handing out Emmy nominations. Bruh. Okay, that has to go to Stewart, though. Sorry. I wish. I wish. If I'm nominating people on this show, I wish I could nominate everyone, but. I have to single out Stuart, mm-hmm. Forrest, mm-hmm. and Katie, mm-hmm. I think. I think those would be my top three picks. I Well, you asked me who's my favorite character. My favorite character on surface value in the show is Katie. Okay, My favorite performance, hands down Stuart, though. Give that man every nomination you can possibly give someone. Actually, what about Lyndon? Lyndon's really good, too. Dude... <laughs> <laughs> but Lyndon? Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I'm didn't sorry say I don't know the actors' names. I'm not good at names. Allison Pill is Katie. Uh, People can literally at any time of their in their lives true, look it up. Can. It's so easy. I but, know, that's true. Um, the reason I didn't pick Lyndon, though, is because it's... How old is the actress? She's very young. She's yeah. Like 20. Here's the thing. So is Katie, though. She's very young, too. Right, but there's something with, like, young actors and actresses. The acting. I've never been compelled by someone that that young. You didn't... Okay, first of all, it's a woman playing a male role. Don't get me wrong, that's awesome. never, for one second, doubt her, his character. Like, he is who he is. I knew that that person was an actress, mm-hmm. and I knew I've seen her in other things. I guess nothing and recognized her and was like, "Whoa, this is so interesting." Okay, but like, I guess and there's nothing in the show that is that is advertently masculine that he does. You know, I don't know. Listen, I'm talking based on my opinions. What I've seen, what I've seen is Katie is great in the show. He's great in the show. Don't get me wrong, man. The whole scene when he finds, figures out Jesus's voice, that's my favorite scene in the show for this guy. Like, for, for Lyndon, that's my mm-hmm. favorite scene with him. I also like when he's talking to I Stuart. I like the bridge. I like when he's oh. talking to Stuart. I like the bridge, but honestly, him dying is the best part of the scene, so I can't give him that. <laughs> what? It's, not, it's It's the... It's, it's Stuart, a perfect circle. It's Stuart's voice that makes that good, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I, mean, I gotta give it to my man. I understand. Man. But I, I love understand. scenes. I love scenes of him, man. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the Jesus scene. That's my favorite. The Jesus scene. When he figures out Jesus' voice. Oh, That's yeah. That's the yeah. best acting I think he did in the show, or she did in the show. Um, Is it Stephen McKinley Henderson? Am I getting those three names correct gonna, for once in my life? I'm not going to say yes. I think it is. <laughs> I think I've said it before. You have. Put God bless, man. him in everything. He's too good, man. He's too good. I want to... I mean, I know he's great in um, Lady Bird. Yeah, yeah. He was in Run for about 20 seconds, and I was sad because I thought he was going to have a bigger part, and he was just like a tiny little... Nah, he's got bigger things to be doing. Um, Isn't he a Shakespearean but, actor? Um, I really don't know. I think but, he is. I thought but, I saw that somewhere. But he's going to be in Dune, which is... Super oh exciting. no way! Yeah, dude. he's in Dune, and I forget who he's playing, but 
I don't even might care. have to do a podcast on Dune. We might. <laughs> I feel like that's our thing now. I hope I'm doing the sign of the cross. Please be good, Dune. Isn't Vangelis Please writing the music for that? Please be good, Dune. Isn't Vangelis writing the music for that? No. It's uh, it's your. It's not him. It's your favorite. It's not Hans Zimmer, is it? Yeah, it is. <gasps> Pretty sure. No way. <laughs> it's no way. I say favorite with sarcasm. He can't hang. He can't hang. No way. Don't talk to me. It's not Bro. my decision. I'm pretty sure it's him. Whatever, man. Didn't, uh, didn't, who directed the first one? I, it was crazy. The one and only, right? Uh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I drawing a blank? I don't know. I'm On tired. It's late. It's late, guys. <laughs> but, uh, you know who I mean by crazy. Of course. The dude who did Twin Peaks. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. David what? Lynch. Oh, oh yeah. no. My friends are going to hate me. David Lynch. Uh, yeah. It, Who's directing this one? Denis Villeneuve. Right. Oh, Do you think they so communicated excited. at all? No. Oh. No. Why would they? I'm nervous. I'm nervous. You know what, though? I'm not. Okay. Blade Runner 2049. That's all I need to know. That's true. It's a work of art. <laughs> I was so nervous about that movie because yeah. I love Blade Runner yeah. so much. That movie, bro. And I was bro. so nervous that he was going to F it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, Seawall? We were talking about the music. I'm talking about the I, whole thing. I'm talking about that scene. I'm talking about the, oh, scene, the scene, dude. Okay. It's such that. a good scene. When I, I got to be at that. To, dope. I got to be at that panel at Comic-Con that year. Yeah. And, um, that's cool. Someone, at, whoever the moderator was, asked him about, you know, was it like daunting was there a lot of pressure, you know, taking on this oh, nah. sequel? How about nah? <clears throat> and he basically said, I had to do it because he was too afraid that someone else mm-hmm. would screw it up. That's the mentality, bro. That's what I want to see. I know. We're making our sequel, man. So I really, really, okay, I don't know why we're talking about Blade Runner and Dune right now, but I don't know. I'm very excited about it. And Stephen McKinley Anderson is in it, which makes me even more That's excited. Hyped. I didn't know he was in it. Yes, what role does he have? I've seen a. I'm not sure. Oh, I gotta reread that book because God is it a lot. Um, I'm not reading that book. Oh God, it's a lot. I'm not doing it. I I read it in high school, and I was just, no way, at, even bro. in high school. I'm like, God, this is a lot. What do you mean? Even in high, what are you flexing on the podcast right now? Even in high school, it was so hard for me. Well, no, I feel <sighs> like I was a more. I was a better reader. Guys, she skipped kindergarten. She flexes about it all the time. Oh, stop. I was a better reader. Guys, she knew what circles were before her other kids were. <laughs> for her little kitty friends. She thinks she's so cool. Speaking of circles. Are we, is there more? Um, <laughs> well, I think we have to touch on, um, we have to touch on determinism and free will. I think that should be the last thing we touch on. Okay. Then let's so. talk about, um, just... If we can just briefly talk about, again, religion and how many different lenses you could look at this show through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our lens that we are familiar with is Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I think specifically it's, Catholicism. it speaks for itself. Yeah. There's so, so, so much there. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. at some point or another, it seems like, is... A deity. A, a Christ figure a or a god-like. Yeah. You know. We've been over this. I know we've we talked have. about this. We have. But in the end, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he freaking says it. 
so it is Deus, and she's like, <laughs> huh? Yes, it is, <laughs> but it is only Deus for them now. Yeah, mm-hmm. the real world, the real world still is the real world. I mean, well, isn't quote unquote <laughs> because who knows even which world we've there been is in. no real or unreal yeah. world. Anymore. It could all be a sim. Who knows? But <laughs> just a very interesting um, exercise about technology, obviously, and religion, obviously, mm-hmm. and... Also, can I just say, before watching this show, I don't know if I... I actually think I said this already on the podcast, actually, very, very adamantly. What? But before watching Devs, I was kind of in this weird state in my own life where I found technology to be evil. Like, I, I hated technology before this. I was like, this is the end of time. Like, <laughs> this is going to be it. CN days. Yeah, it's the final stretch. Like, this is it. Technology is getting too good, and it, ner- it makes me nervous to see so many people on their phones all the time, and, you know, manners and etiquette is going downhill because of it, and people are becoming lazier, and people think machines taking jobs. You know what I mean? It's always on the news. You never, never, never not talk about technology. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere, dog. Yeah. I found myself sometimes just... I'll be sitting on the couch downstairs, or upstairs, I guess we're in our basement, <laughs> but I'll be, I'll be sitting on the couch, and I'll look randomly at a spot in the house to see if there's technology in that spot i still do that <laughs> because it's stuff's everywhere man you know what i mean i'm like maybe there won't be one this time and i'll look and i'll look there's an electronic drum set there's a there's a radio there's like a you know it was just everywhere and it was actually kind of bringing me down not gonna lie it was and i like how this show the whole show you would think the technology is a villain devs is trying to like the computer is trying to create everything to be so useless. You know, like, you know everything. It's all right there on the screen. So, nothing matters. You know, like, like that's a, that's kind of a dark thought. Well, that's where, take. that's where Katie and Forrest take it to, pretty much, because they're like, well, it doesn't really matter if we murder people, because... Exactly. It's dark, and it's, it's the whole determined. show you think this way, episodes one through seven. Like, totally. It's like that, right? But episode eight is interesting in that it gives Lily this opportunity to reunite with her loved one, you mm-hmm. know, which is such a positive end note. And it ends. That is the end note. You know it is I mean? the end and note. He, I just, she is reunited with Jamie. Forrest is reunited with Amaya and his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Okay. We can go on for days Lyndon about why. and Stewart are of reunited. Course, of course. Of course. You get my point. My point is I really like how it sums it out with a positive note on technology. It's a, I think it's a statement kind of. It's a big time statement, and I will can confirm for you. I think it's kind of a beautiful message that, in reading um, interviews with Did Alex Garland, something? no way. He, oh yeah, <laughs> this is why I was like, oh my god, Colin called this so freaking early on that love mm-hmm. was going to be the crux of this. I'm flexing. I'm flexing. I'm flexing. Because yeah. he. Mm-hmm. Once I saw Katie and Forrest get together, I'm like, wait. Well, <laughs> it was even before that. But that was the moment I was like, it was this even before is that. weird, man. It was way before that. I feel like it was like episode, episode two, two or three when two, you were I like, think. what do you want to bet? <laughs> all this technology, all this religious symbolism and everything. The voodoo. Um, And it's going to come down to just regular no, old love. I remember my exact reasoning. My reasoning was, what is the one thing that cannot be simulated? genuinely yes that is what you said i remember that now yeah or that is that a machine cannot perform yes so 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you were spot on. Woo! I'm Empathy, happy about compassion, love. What Those a... are the things that the story is actually about. <sighs> Dang, man. Break it all the way down. What a commentary, bro. We could talk about all day how there's metaphors and like all this, but on the surface level, dude, how more relevant? I know. <laughs> how much more relevant could this show be to right now? Right. It's so timeless. It's scary. And I'm it's, not even. I don't understand. It is the ultimate. Um. It's the ultimate example of free will. Yeah, ironically. <laughs> Very weirdly It's enough. not deterministic. Mm-hmm. You can't determine. You can try. Like, everybody's probably been in the situation where you're like, I am so attracted to this other person. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I do, mm-hmm. they're going to break up with me. Like, they just yeah, don't dude. have feelings for you anymore. No matter how much you love them, mm-hmm. they're yeah, going to break up I with know. you. I know. I know. Uh, or no. you've been the person to be doing like I don't care what you do, I don't love you anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or the other way around, I don't care what you do, I'm always gonna love you. Yeah, type it's, of thing, you know, it is the ultimate example of non-deterministic free will. Agreed. No, I know. And again, I, I say it's relevant, obviously, because of you know, I mean, we just heard you told me about this story. Alex Aaron was writing a movie. Or, sorry, TV. I don't know what it was. A book? Something. He was writing right? a, his next project was next project. going to be yeah. the topic commentary. was going to be... An actual commentary on... The topic was going to be civil disobedience. Civil disobedience, yeah. And how he was like, there's so much... This was obviously before Memorial Day weekend and George Floyd and everything. Mm-hmm. And But he was saying... It's going to be completely not sci-fi. It's going to be about civil disobedience because there's so much going on in the world that should be enraging people, Mm -hmm. that people should be in the streets rioting over. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) they're not. Yeah, this is so funny, man. And then that happened. And so then (laughs) there was an interview that I read that was post-Memorial Day weekend where he's like, "Uh, yeah, so (laughs) I don't... I guess I don't need to write that anymore. Oh, man. So now I don't know what I'm going to do next. That's so funny, dog. I laughed out loud when you said that. I was like, oh. Well, that's when I was like. <laughs> the oh, floor dropped from up from Oh, my God. Feet. We're living in a sim. Alex Garland is the main character of the sim oh. <laughs> that someone is yeah. watching. He's somehow being channeled all this information ahead of time. Yeah, dude. He got, he, got, he got ESP with God. Creepy. Yeah. But anyway, how much work did this man go through? To make a dang commentary. <laughs> like, I, I I, am blown away by the work, man. It's like, wow. Just to say love wins. <laughs> that is that is literally the theme. I know. That's it. That's it. Should have been the theme of Star Wars, too. You could watch Brokeback Mountain, <laughs> and wah, wah. you would get that theme. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Not to downgrade Brokeback Mountain, but you can watch other things that are so simple, and to see him go through all this work, I'm like, bro, you didn't need to. <laughs> you didn't. But he Write wanted a Valentine. to. Write a Valentine. Write a Valentine. That's the same thing. It wasn't that he didn't need to. It's that he wanted I to. I know. I'm, my point is he's an amazing man. All right? Yes. I'm going to put my phone in. You can keep talking. He is an amazing man. Um, well, but I have a question for you. Now you just walk. All right, I can yell. You just walked away. No, you're good. Um, oh, I never finished going through the names, actually. Whoops. Yeah, sure. Uh, because we got off 
track with after Stuart. Um, we're getting off track. We got right. Linden, we already talked about, I think is a Kubrick shout out to Barry Linden, the movie. Yeah. Kubrick made. All those paintings. Could be uh, some other thing. Uh, I, I've looked up lots of Linden, so it could be lots of other things, but he clearly is on, a Kubrick stan. So, Get out um, here. Lane, actually, hilarious, didn't even pick up on the fact that the senator's last name is Lane. Uh, how do you spell it? I don't know, but it's Lane, like as in a street, oh. <laughs> as in a tram line. Sure, yeah, whatever. Um, Peter, also obviously. commentary, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, uh, I would assume that is a religious reference to St. Peter. Mm-hmm. Also a very standard Russian name, which is like. Well, that would be Piotr. Right, but on, uh, again, they were not going to make it. That's because if we if that was how you spell it, we would have known. I know, but Peter is clearly a biblical name. Yeah, it's the man, you know, the particular apostle who founded like Peter built this church on the rock of our faith. Yeah, that all right. Peter. All right. He's also the one that um uh denies knowing Christ. Yep. Three times. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like. Doing both. He's dipping toes yeah, in both pools. Yeah, he's undercover, basically. Yeah, Which yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie. Yeah. Jamie's an interesting one. Oh, the meaning of the name? Yes. Oh. Uh, it's The root of Jamie is James, obviously. Mm-hmm. And James means supplanter. Cool. So, he is the ultimate, like... He totally like in the in the uh, sim sim that we see later. Yeah, she dumps Sergey's <laughs> rip, my boy, but <laughs> and goes straight for Jamie, which is so funny. So is um, Sergey a spy in the New World? Yes or no? <laughs> that's a good question. You can't. You won't know. You can't know. But like at the, that, no. Let's not get on to this. Let's keep. Going. I think he is. You Dude, know what? I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make Mom. a stand. I'm going to say that he is. Okay. We, I don't want to talk about this for long, though. I we won't. we got a lot to go. All right. He is because he gets real worked up about the app. He does. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally. Okay. That's right. That's right. And he's kind right. of, he's real douchey he in, is. The, in this simulation. He slams the door. Like, one of the things that's different in this world is he's where, he's, because I, I still think he had real tr- feelings for her. Mm-hmm. Like, they had a genuine relationship. Yeah. Before. But in this one, it really seems like he's douchey <laughs> and he's just with her because he's doing industrial espionage. But he's not mm-hmm. doing it at devs because devs doesn't exist. But still, that doesn't mean he's not there right. doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Katie, mm-hmm. short for Catherine, right. means pure and clear. Weird. Which makes a lot of sense. If you consider that Jeff Jeff Garland, I always want to call him Jeff Garland. Yeah. Alex Garland said that she is the true believer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Her, oh, that totally makes sense. In her faith. She is very pure about that how she feels. Yeah, that one's legit. Um, okay. So that's what those are that's all it. <laughs> the names that I thought not maybe a lot of names. meant something. There's not a lot of names. It is a lot of names. No, there's not a lot of names. I think it's a lot. For a cast? For, for a every, show? For everybody to have maybe an underlying meaning. That's like a play. That's kind of like the vibe you get when you look at a, a playlist. 
or like a like a pl- like a cast in a play in a play characters maybe. all the names mean something it's like always a, it's lost, a shakespearean it's play it's lostian too yeah Very it is lostian. totally okay now where are you going i'm just doing my own keep going <laughs> i have a question i they can hear me dude what is your favorite montage yeah i really like the steve reich one man i really do I think that's my favorite, just because great. my reaction to it was most like, whoa, like super cool. Um, I really like the one, uh, I don't know what to base it off of. Do I base it off of shock value, maybe? What? Just, doesn't doesn't matter. Base it off of whatever you want to base it I'll base it off of shock value. Uh, no, I can't do that, because that doesn't do the Guinevere one justice. That's not oh. shocking. That's just beautiful. It is beautiful. So maybe I base it off of what is most thickly metaphorical and juicy you know what i mean like mm-hmm. tasty is the word i'm looking for i think the one with the tv screen and mm. it's fading in and out of the visuals i think both my srt brain music brain and wow factor brain all are going yes that one's the best because i was like the sounds and how it's like it's like whoa and then how like all the frequencies are individually used and like maintained and mixed and it's like man that is that is a work of art i'll go with that one actually that is a work of art close second the steve reich one yeah so just about beautifully that one's edited i forget which episode numbers those were do you know the fizzy one i believe is episode four i believe oh is it that far into it Mm mm-hmm Oh yeah, I think. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not. It's episode three because that's the episode that Lily fakes that she has schizophrenia and Joan of Arc, and she's standing at the pillar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's episode three. The Steve Reich one is episode seven, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I like. I mean, I like them all. There's not one where I was there's like, not a single one I would say anything snooze. is bad. <laughs> you like the one with the multiple realities all in one. I love set. that's cool. Episode five, the opening montage. Is that the one with them all walking around the apartment? No, it's the one the with colors. the colors. That one would have been my favorite if the fizzy one didn't exist. Dream close-ups. Yeah, that one's cool. That one is a lot of shock factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm talking beauty. Oh, it's beautiful. It is, but like Guinevere is way more beautiful. I than do that. love that one. So, are we putting? Are we making a chart here? Because <laughs> we, I don't think we cannot give any of them credit. They're all good. What is the montage for episode one? Do you remember? Um. Yeah. It's Why am I tripping? The saxophone and <gasps> of uh, course. Ooh. The OG. Yeah. <laughs> They're also good. Oh, it's so hard, man. I don't know. I might not give it to that one just because that that's bias. We can't. You can't give that one the best one. Can you? I, you can do whatever you want. No. <laughs> You're being so indecisive. Um, They're also good. I know. I think the fizzy one is my Ooh. favorite. Oops. Um, the fizzy one's my favorite. I'm going with that. How about you? The color. The oh, colors. Okay. Cool. Like the that one's like also the, the shortest one, I think. And then, um, just those extreme close-ups. Yeah, dude. And that's the moment I realized I'm not crazy about this color theory. It is totally <laughs> what oh. I thought it was. Oh, it's real, boys. Yeah, it's real. Hmm. Um, 
Okay. I think that's good. What's your favorite musical motif? Oh, definitely the bassy one. The wow. Like this. Wow. When Sergey's getting murdered. That's going to clip so bad. Um, <laughs> Yep. That's my favorite one. It's pretty awesome. I like that one. I like the one with the strings when it's doing the, the weird Picardy third or the major sonority at the end of the line. It's all minor. It's like, do, do, do. Yeah. That one. I like that one a lot. If these guys... It's got big Legion vibes, so... If these guys don't win... Oh, the sound! An Emmy. Like, if if they are not nominated for every single freaking thing... Honestly, man, I don't know why they wouldn't. It's all so good. I'm just gonna it's lose also, my mind. The word I'm looking for here? Cutting edge. Cutting edge. This is the best sound I have heard in any film. Ever. It's not even a film. I don't care. Any digital media, show me something that has a better sound quality than this show. Amazing. Mad Max, it's at that level and better than. The only the only show that I would say should beat it or could beat it is, it is Watchmen. Oh. oh, is that going... Wait, when did Watchmen come out? In the fall. What? Yeah. So it's going up the same? I think so for an oh, Emmy-ish. I no. think so. <laughs> That's not fair. That's not fair, though. But the sound? I'm talking about sound. No, I know. I'm talking about the score. I'm talking about, yeah. What? You think that could win? No, no, no. No. Okay, okay. you're talking about the shows. I'm saying I got you. I if got you. this show does not win... Best teleplay. For the score... At oh, the oh, very yeah. Dog. least. So new. And in, th- the way the music is used, I've been over this before. It's not, I swear, all the time. Let me get personal real quick. A lot of the times out there, there are a lot of people, when you talk about, in the music community, okay, I will not name names. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there, critics or whatever, anyone who knows anything about music, will say that, you know, film scores are not compositions. That they are emotional adrenaline shots basically Mm -hmm. they give the scene they are for the scene and only for the scene that makes them not compositions that is the mentality i don't know where that came from that's foolish it is foolish because not true because i have one word two words pop music that's it i'm not gonna go into detail y'all you feel me if you don't Learn I don't something. understand what you mean. You don't know? I thought I talked about this. Basically, the whole idea of saying if it's cut up and edited and doing something and it being not compositional is so hypocritical because of you look at pop culture, pop music, how Schumann and Liszt and Debussy all were in, and and Dvorak and Tchaikovsky they were all inspired by popular music, all of them, bro. So hypocritical. You know what I mean? We go to school and learn about these guys, man. We put them on a pedestal. And you're saying the popular music of today's trash? Maybe you're just a little bit too evangelical, if you know what I mean, right? But what I'm saying is with this score, what is very, very, like, very against that mentality is... Oh, she's looking at her phone. She's not interested. No, I need to look up something. Go ahead. I'm listening. Okay. The music is used for a very specific purpose, in my eyes, right? When the music starts playing, there's a reason for it. Every time. 
it's never used as background. Never, not once, right? It's used in montages. It's used in, you know, there's so many tracking shots of the city, you know, overhead shots and all that. There's a lot of music that always is going over those sequences into the next scene, whatever, segueing, mm -hmm. whatever. Or it's used as aggressive shock. It's used for shock value sometimes, like the wow. You know, that, yeah. that's used to scare you. It's a jump scare device, dog. Totally through and through. And, you know, it takes from The Shining. Definitely takes from The Shining score. 100%. It's basically the same sounds as The Shining, except it's electronic. You know? And that score, The Shining soundtrack... And 2001. And 2001. But 2001 are... It's not original compositions. They're... No, I know, but I'm just saying. Using, using like, ligatine, just putting it I'm right into I'm just saying. The, well, he's, totally. He's obsessed with Kubrick. Very. As we all should Very. Uh, he's obsessed with <laughs> those composers, too. I, I can, this composer is. I can tell. Uh, but anyway, there's, there's a certain level to which music can serve an ulterior purpose than just to be emotional adrenaline, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, to be emotional service. That's what I'm looking for, emotional service, okay? The music in this show is used compositionally. I cannot stress enough, like everything else is. We talked about the color. We talked about the sets. We talked about the acting. We talked about the dialogue. Costumes. The costumes. The, the editing itself is brilliant. Whoever the editor is, bro, yeah. so good. Not a, not a single hiccup, not a, not a bad switch. There's, there's nothing bad. I swear, dog. And, like, the lighting... Oh. We didn't even talk about the lighting. Rob the Hardy. Grips. Rob, Who are the grips? Rob Hardy. Again, if he doesn't get an Emmy, bro, I don't know what they're doing. Bro, I'm I'm sending. Time. I will actually send mail to the Academy. Oh, you I know will what? Do it. You know bro. what's really funny too? Like I was saying, I was reading a lot of interviews, and um, I was getting to a point though. So hurry up. Oh, sorry, but basically what he said was somebody mentioned the inside of Devs and how beautiful it is, and. Um, oh, no, oh, I'm sorry. The trees. It was the trees. It was the trees with the circle halo lights around them. Oh, And what? that effect. Oh. Yeah. A gaffer had that idea. Dude, who are the grips? Who are the gaffers <laughs> and who are the grips? I want to know their names. I want to know their names. I got to watch the credits. His I gotta... name is Lee and he's a gaffer and it was his idea. The and best. I the mean... best, bro. But anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is the music is so... So imagine watching this show without that music. Nope. No chance. Nope. 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 There's no chance. Mm -mm. There's no chance it would be that impactful. I mean, that those jump scares. You gotta mix that. It would you gotta make that. It happen. would still be beautiful looking for sure because of all those other people. But right, it's like it's like Star Wars. You can't take it's the J Dubs out of Star use. Wars. It's the only word I can use. It you is can't. part of the show. Yeah. And it's used it's that It's almost way. a character. I was going to get to this. So the, the way there are motives used, motifs, right? If we're going to use that word. Motifs are musical characters. It's the same idea. It's when a character walks into the room and there's a music with them. Those two things are linked. You know what I mean? I the mean, they theme. don't necessarily do that in this show. Like, no. Like, no, like no, no, in no. Star Wars, it's very, very... Stop. You're stealing my thunder. Obviously. I'm getting to this, bro. Oh, okay. Sorry. But so as she <laughs> says... In Star Wars and a lot of these other movies that use this very Wagnerian mentality of music, the themes are used for the character, and that is kind of emotional impetus. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, oh, man, like, the hero's coming. Da -da -da -da. You know, yeah. it's like, yo, man, it's fire. But with devs, you don't need that. 
that's how good that music is. It's used as an atmospheric mm-hmm. developer. It sets the mood for every scene, bro. You can only get so much out of colors. You can only get so much out of acting. You know, like, that's a human... There's human limits. You know, there's limits to everything. Mm -hmm. Okay? When you apply music, it is an atmospheric shift. Every time with this score in particular. I mean, dude, the Gregorian chant, you couldn't tell me that sequence when he walks into devs Mm -hmm. would be the same. No. It would be scarier. It would be, I imagine watching that scene for a second, take your, imagine you're the composer, you get that sequence, there's no, there's no sound, and you watch that sequence. Don't tell me that ain't genius, they came up with that, he would put Gregorian chant in there? I would have been like, okay, I want to use like wood blocks or something. There's a lot of squares, whatever. The montage, the Steve Reich montage. Yeah. Using that, which people wouldn't even, a lot of people wouldn't even consider music. Firstly. What do you mean? Wouldn't consider music. What? The Steve Rice stuff. Yeah. That montage. Oh, like new music. And then interspersing that Mm -hmm. with the throat singing, which is, again, a lot of people would be like, what is this? But (laughs) it is primitive by design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Primitive Mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, who does that? Who does that? (laughs) It's nuts. Who, who does that? I'll tell you who does that. Ben Salisbury, Jeff Barrow, yes. The Insects, oh Tim Morf- Norfolk, and Bob Locke do that. All right, man. Somebody, and I'm sorry I don't please. have the throat singers. I If I if I were to I sit here and name every single musician that worked on this show, there were so many. Yeah, Those man. That lady that sang the throat singers, the pop songs that they clearly meticulously chose to use as, you know, music in the show mm-hmm. plus all the original compositions mm-hmm. I, there's so much again it's very losty in how much freaking music is in this show yeah man it's and it's only eight cool. episodes but god the soundtrack's like they're all very short tracks soundtracks long. by the way i don't know y'all if you go look up the score on the, for this series on spotify, on spotify which you can do yeah you all should do that um the scores are only like a minute and a half i think the longest is two minutes the but, original written but music. But when you hear them, it just puts you right back into it's the a mood. mood setter. It's a mood setter. It's not emotional impetus. That is just underlying action. And it's just, oh, you need it because if you didn't have it, it'd feel empty. No. You need it because that is the show, dog. Yeah. It's incredibly good. It's so scarce. There's barely a lot. There's not a lot. Right? There's not a lot of, I mean, except the wow thing. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of music in this show. No, no, no. no. I'm not trying to say that. I'm saying when you listen to the scores, there's not a lot of stuff going on. Oh, right. It's very minimalist. No, yeah, you're right. Right? And I appreciate that. And I think there's value to be said in that. Because when we talk about John Williams, talk about the opposite of minimalism. John Williams (laughs) is so big, right? With at least with his dramatic epic film scores. He's written like, Catch Me If You Can. That's not that big. No, it's jazzy. It's jazzy. But jazz is busy, though. You know, I mean, he's very into busy Yeah, but it's music. not like orchestral, he- thick, layered. I'm just talking about 20 busyness. million things I'm going talking on. about busyness. Yeah. If there's too much stuff going on, right? You know, and you look at a lot of other film composers who are maybe more modern. So like Hans Zimmer, Tom Hulkenborg. Um, what's another one? Michael Giacchino. Uh, they all, they do busy th- stuff too. There, there's so much production and there's like mm-hmm. a lot of 
weird instruments you might hear like dude the the gladiator score so busy and the lion king the new movie even that music is busy it's like doesn't need to be doesn't need to be busy man it's people i think most people expect orchestral when they sit down for an action but we talk about type of film right but we talk about hilder for example hilder she the music in the joker okay and i'm i'm kind of getting to a point here i'm relating to other works right the Joker music and how is that cello? Mm-hmm. You know that sound. It's mixed beautifully. It's like the best gritty cello sound you could possibly have. So pure, but so minimalist. It's 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 just a cello. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a single cello solo. You know. It's perfect for that film. For that character. It was for the character, dude. Like it's so awesome how like you can just dumb it all down to one little thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what new music does. It, new music is very dedicated to taking very small orchestrations. You know, you might have a cello, a flute, a vibraphone. That's it. And all these sounds you can make out of such minimal material is fascinating to me. Devs harnesses this, I think. It's like red, green, and blue. We just talked about it, right? All the way back to color theory. Color theory is so simple for the show it's three colors dog that's it you know and so much can be extracted out of those three colors just because of human intellect it's crazy right we're t- we sound like crazy people that's kind of what i'm saying <laughs> but like with this music it's it serves as benefiting us in that way it's so little that we can get so much from it when it's used you know and there are some flashy things like the wow thing. That's flashy. Okay, I'll admit that's pretty flashy. But even though I don't know if it's, flat, it's, it's not that flashy, it really repeats. Dramatic. It just repeats over and over yeah, again. Yeah, it's dramatic. It's a sound. It's beautiful, man. It's utterly beautiful, you know. And obviously, to serve the idea of like malicious technology, using that sound is just like mm-hmm. evil. Like that's like the that's a black hole coming to swallow you type of sound. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. That's made from a computer and a keyboard, <laughs> by the way. Incredible, bro. I don't even understand. I will one you day. You know for a fact because no, but you what? All, one of, all of these said, things are digital, man. It's all a computer. One of them said not a synthesizer was used, not one. No oh. synthesizers. I think he said that to someone on Twitter. Maybe that's why it's so good. Because I follow all these guys. Ben Burt. <laughs> ben Burt. Field recording. I don't know, man. I got to look and learn to it. There's going to be people who research this show one day. And I'll find people who write dissertations. Dude, on they're that. on Twitter. Go freaking ask them. I should, shouldn't I? I should. They talk to people. I should. I just, they I answered need that to guy. Learn. I need to learn how to produce like that, man. It's so good. Okay. Um, but anyway, last note. <clears throat> Excuse me. Last note. Music in this show. Very refreshing. And very necessary. And wouldn't again, be the same show without it. Wouldn't be the same show without it. And highlights what film music is about. Like this show with the Gregorian chant stuff, that swallowing thing, and the various other little tiny ditties, you know, that go here or there. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know, it's a personal thing. I know you don't understand, Mom. Like, you don't understand. It's super personal. I feel literally attacked for it every single day I walk into the music building. I hate the feeling. Of having to be quiet about it. It sucks, man. I'm being honest. And this show, just seeing new art like this, and people just do it anyway. And it's like, yes! <laughs> it's yes, dude. I don't know. I'm kind of rebellious about it, but, you know. Also, shout out Hilder. I know I dropped her name. Raining shout in. out Ludwig. Raining in. Ludwig, dude. I keep forgetting that He's guy. Another, 
he's another one where I'm just like, dang. He's amazing. Great. Um, the dude who Michael did Michael Abels. Yeah, Michael Abels, Vangelis. I said his name. Amazing, inspirational. Um, but that here's how good I am at predicting who's gonna win an Oscar or who's gonna win an Emmy. Because mm. remember when I was like, Michael Abels is gonna win the Oscar for best score for us. Mm-hmm. He didn't even get nominated. Ugh! What is that about? Bro, I'm actually Angry shocked. Low-key kind of shocked he didn't get nominated because of the amount of, like, black influence. Yeah, but it's the friggin' Academy, like, and they dude. don't care about any of that. Like, the whole, got five on it? I got five on it? The mix with the with the valet? How did that not win a... Ugh. <laughs> I'm not saying Hildur's not great. Hildur is great. Hildur is great. And maybe I'm biased because I didn't like Joker and I love Us. The music was my favorite part of the movie. But. Straight up. Straight up. I will. It, it was like when Leg, when the Lego movie didn't get nominated for Best Animated Film. Uh, it was like, no. how many collective people have their heads up their butts right now? Uh. <laughs> anyway, we got to bring this back. Yeah. Okay. Determinism versus free will. Like teeth Pick right. a side. What do you mean pick a side? Pick a side. Of what is true? Where do you come down? Determinism versus free will. Pick a side. You gotta choose. Right now. But I don't understand the context. (laughs) Am I choosing what what I want to be real? What do you believe is the guiding principle principle of this reality that we're in right now? Okay, cool. So I personally feel that it is indeterminate. I'm sorry, what? That it is indeterminate. So free will. You pick free will. Wait. Oh, no, I guess, yeah, I'm getting it twisted. No, 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 no. I, I believe it's not indeterminate then. I believe it is determinate. <laughs> Sorry. I'm getting, I'm tired, man. So you Come choose, you choose team determinism. It is determinate. The universe okay. is determined. For positive, sure. Okay. Even though we just talked about how love is the ultimate example of free will. Right. But someone had to make love. Whatever. We don't have the technology for it. Doesn't mean someone else doesn't. Uh, what do you mean? I'm just saying. The fourth dimension exists. Are you aware that the fourth dimension I'm exists? I'm aware. I am team many worlds. I want it to be true so hard. I think it's true. I, I'm not smart enough to, to be able to like sh- do the math. But according to Katie, <laughs> according to Katie, and I quote, it's deterministic, it's supported by the math, and it's supported by the experiment. Yeah, dude. So if that's all true, many worlds. But. Cal- uh, uh, I wish love didn't exist. Maybe that. Well, you always run around saying love is a social construct. Oh no! You just made everyone on the podcast mad. <laughs> you made everyone mad. I don't say that. You say that. Guys, if you want to make your friends mad, get in an <laughs> argument with them and then end it with last word: love is a social construct. I don't know construct. why your friends get mad about that, personally. dude. I think it's funny. <laughs> um, every single time. But here's why I think it is: because, like, here's why you think what is that everything is determinate, though. Oh, mm-hmm. so. Try to imagine yourself in a, in a room, right? Are you doing it right now? Sure. Then, okay. I am in a you room. You just determined a universe. <laughs> I don't have to imagine very hard. I'm in, I am in Okay, but room. you just thought of a universe. It's that simple. It's that simple, bro. Okay. 
Okay. You can think of multiple universes in your own head. I'm, I'm not As a human being, a lame, I'm, a boring human. I'm not saying it isn't deterministic. I would actually choose, if I had to pick a team, I would probably pick team determinism. Okay. But. You'll say. But there is, there are caveats to that. But everything's chemical, though. Everything is chemical, yes. But until you prove to me that love and who you choose, who you do love can be determined by a chemical cocktail. Well, there are studies. Like, with, uh, there are moles. There are moles that have an actual, like, we have the same programming that they have, but mm-hmm. they have, like, obviously they're less complicated, so it's more effective for them, right? It gets through to them more. There are chemicals in our brain that they have, and there are sections in our brain that they have. Yes. Dopamine. I understand. Uh, oxytocin. What? I understand the animal model. So, like, the yeah. oxytocin thing and how it goes to yes. the, um, the V, what's it called? Oh, I don't know. I forget, I forget. But there's, like, a very, very particular track that it goes down, and that's love to them, you know? So, what I'm trying to say is love is, like, that to them. We observe that process as being so simple and, like, Okay, but animals... Easy. Someone up there... Could think our process is easy. Animals, quote unquote, love based on things like how pretty are your feathers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how big are you? What are my chances of having a successful offspring with you because you have pretty feathers and do a little bird court dance the right way that I like? Yeah. Like, All that's right. that. Yeah, but that's but like evolutionary. Humans are much stuff. more. It's not that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that. You could fall in love with someone who you think is the total opposite of what you thought your type was. You know what I mean? Right. I understand. It's a lot less, uh, oh, well, you have pretty feathers, so I'm going to pick you. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. In other words, you don't choose sometimes and a lot of times you don't choose who you fall in love with. I get that. I get that. But we also don't choose a lot of things other than that that could just as easily be programmed. Like death. We don't choose death. We can, I yeah, guess, Yeah, but darkly, death but... is deterministic. Like, there is a reason why you died. But you can't pick and, and choose. And it's a very biological <laughs> no, reason. No, but you can't pick and choose, though, is my point. Physiological. In my opinion, if there is anything that could be deterministic. No, no, no. But, that, no, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying... You could fall in you could fall in love with someone that there is no rhyme nor reason to why you are in love with that person. Really? Yes. Well, I wouldn't know because I'm Colin. Seen it with my <laughs> I've seen it with my own two eyes. And okay. like we were discussing, you can be in a very, very bad relationship. Like everyone's telling you, get out of this relationship. But you're just like, but I love them. I understand. I know it's bad for me. I know it's probably not a good idea, but I love them. I get it. How is that deterministic? Maybe there was a cross wiring in the system. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. All I'm saying is I think they're on the right track with this show saying that, yes, probably 99% of everything is deterministic, but love 
may just very well fall outside of that. Can I choose the middle ground and just be like, yo, well, you know, paradox, <laughs> we don't know. Sure. <laughs> well, but remember when I was like, remember when so you were like, choose. when right before we watched episode eight and you were like, do you think you're going to like this? And I was like, I don't know, because how can they make a bold statement like many worlds is correct when we don't know if many worlds is correct? I know, dude. It's like how. But they did. Like they were just. But they, they just, did by amplifying the paradox, though. But they just had the you balls know? to just be like, you know what? For the for the context of this story, mm-hmm. many worlds is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. I mean, Marvel. <laughs> and that's Marvel what we're doing worlds. i guess that's true but anyway <laughs> i just thought i just was like i was so impressed with them making that bold mm-hmm. decision mm-hmm. and they seem bold, to be yeah. making a very bold decision between determinism and free will as well in that like i just said almost everything is probably deterministic however mm-hmm. you can't pin down love necessarily and what you will do and the links that you will go to. Anyway, I think that's. Yeah, for sure. That is the thesis statement of the show. Oh, okay. More or less. Well, okay. Okay. I was actually, I want to bring this up. This is kind of a funny little anecdote. So, um, also, do you know many 20 year olds who use the word anecdote? Colloquially? <laughs> yes. It's a word. <laughs> okay, I was just asking. Um, I used to hate, you used to do this and I'm, accusing you for this oh awesome people used to tell Airing me our brother son laundry the line the lot the single phrase everything happens for a reason i used to hate that so much dog i used to be like how could you say that to me like i would be offended i'd be like dude you're taking all my issues and you're just saying oh everything is for oh well it all happens for a reason, so I guess it's whatever. And I'm like, dude, I why would I complain to you if I knew you were... I would not complain to you if I knew you were going to say that because you're not listening to me. That's basically what that is. And I'm not talking to you... I'm delivering... I'm talking about, like, all my friends, man. I went to a Catholic elementary school. It's weird that I feel this way. <laughs> it honestly, it's weird that I feel this way, I think. But I just, you know, got a lot of things going on in my head, right? But I get it kind of, though, now. I'm, I'm matured, obviously. I, d- I didn't appreciate that in high school. In high school, I would shut you down the moment yeah, someone but said the, that. Yeah, but the reason I said that... Not you specifically. I'm talking about, like, everyone. But, but. I, I know, but the reason I personally say that is because, well, A, it's It does, true. and I get that now. But B, <laughs> that reason, like, to you, might just be... It's... This experience, although negative at the time, is going to teach you a lesson about how you should respond in the future about possibly similar experiences. That annoys me. That annoys me. <laughs> That's true, though. I wouldn't complain. This is to how you, you if should I, live life. I wouldn't ever complain. I understand. If that was, no one would ever complain I to understand. anyone. I understand. Sometimes you're just looking for empathy. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, and I'm a kid. Come on. And That's you're abuse. looking for empathy, but <laughs> I am a problem solver. I that get is it, what dude. I do I by know. nature. I know. 
Everything is a logic problem. I'm not everything... talking about you. I know you think I'm specifically talking about you sub- in subconsciously. Well, you or did say I used to do it all the time. You did, but you still do though, and I get it now. So now I like can funnel my emotions out of the way. Okay, good. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, good. And devs is kind of like that, you know. The devs universe teaches that. is deterministic. Yeah. Should dude. I should I look up his speech? No. <laughs> no, we're good. The universe is deterministic, with a side of free will. For love side of french fries side of free will that's french i fries. think the old that i think that's the statement of the show personally okay and a hero's journey <laughs> yeah you can do both you can do i both. mean you could do both free will and determinism you can have both who's to say you can't i know well i'm saying you can maybe some dude Certain. was like okay i'm gonna let you guys try to figure this out <laughs> he's like love yo you're gonna get a load of this bro this is gonna be crazy the you least guys don't deterministic get this. thing in the whole world mm-hmm I mean, life is probably the least deterministic. Oh, life is extremely deterministic. What do you mean? Actually, yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> you are sitting here right now. I know, dude. I know. As a result. I get it. We're trying to Of we're my determinism. Bye bye. We're out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that's the I end of the charts. podcast. <laughs> I had graphs. I knew exactly what I was doing. That's not fair, man. To have you. And it's your gross. sister both. But it's, it's gross. Okay, it's gross, but it worked. Anyway, yeah. on that note, we would like to thank every single person yeah. involved in the making of devs from the top yep. down to the person who signed their paychecks. Signed their paychecks. <laughs> Everyone their is an exemplary program. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everyone clearly was firing on all cylinders creatively. Yes, sir. And damn... I love it. I love it so much. I will rewatch it. I would say Forever. probably at least once a year from now on. Just like Lost, you know, mm-hmm. Lost is harder to rewatch because there's so many episodes. But right, this is such a, this is such an easy, bam, mm-hmm. you're done. Yeah. Um, in a couple of hours. It's a great show for the summer. It really was. <laughs> it's really not. It's a terrible summer show. Why? Because like people want to watch, you know, beach movies. Oh. And, like, it's true it's about like death i am i am missing my big brother right now oh say, rip i can can we not bring a big brother in this podcast that's how di- that's how diverse of a person i am i love devs and i like big brothers <laughs> so hey there has to be some free will <laughs> and everything there has in between. to be yeah. um so yeah everyone involved in the show you should all win emmys and we are rooting for you to do so mm-hmm. and we also want to thank Everyone who listened to this podcast, yeah, I literally thought we'd get two five viewers, people, two, 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 two. I, I was like, two like to five, my girlfriend and me, <laughs> two to it. five people. Yeah, I mean, I have nieces and nephews and sisters. Oh, by the way, shout out to my niece Jessica. Oh yeah, yeah. who has reached out recently? Yo yo, watch devs. Listens to us. I know you, bro. You're our biggest fan, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate you listening. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. Um, and <laughs> we basically, like I said, we didn't think anyone would ever listen to this, and I'm shocked at the number of people. Mm-hmm. Shocked. It's kind of crazy. Wait, do you know the numbers are at right now? I have no idea. I haven't looked in a, f- a few days, but oh, it doesn't matter. Over ten, no. I'm shocked. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm same here. So we really, really, really appreciate you. Yeah, thank listening. you guys. And so many rants. I'm sorry. Can I just apologize? <laughs> yes, please. Let's all guys. apologize for our guys. 
Every time we record one of these podcast episodes, I go upstairs and my mom's like, dude, you ran it for like 20 minutes. And like <laughs> On Windows. Yeah, but they're going to like it, though. And you know what? I realize maybe y'all think I'm crazy, but I feel comfortable to do it for you guys. Yeah. I don't do this in public, guys. I'm not that weird. I'm actually very normal. He only does this at home around us. I'm comfortable And here. maybe like Felicity and that's it. No, nah, no. I don't do that. You ran. I, you were just yesterday ranting in front of Felicity. What are you talking in about? In front of her because I was home. Yeah. The home environment, this podcast, it gives me oh. a chance to, you know, vent is a that little bit about what I'm thinking. And I like that and I appreciate that. And all y'all who listen to those, that's crazy. You guys are crazy. Yeah, we, you kind of, you, anybody who lasted You're as weird as me. two hours and 55 minutes into this yeah. episode, I salute you. <laughs> oh, wow. And we thank you from the very bottom of our yeah. hearts. Are you going to thank me? Thank you, Colin. <laughs> thank you. Who actually was like, when I said, we got to do a podcast about this show. And he was like, we don't have time. Ah. I'm like, oh, we have time. It's only eight episodes. Oh, we have the time. We're doing it. We have to. I needed it to get over the tragic loss of episode nine. Rest in peace. Not this episode nine. The start of Rise of Skywalker episode nine because mm-hmm. I was so depressed yeah, after man. that stupid movie. Rough, rough, rough. This brain re- food. Good brain food. This really helped me get over that well i'm not over it but it helped me cope because it gave me something of an intellectual level mm-hmm. that brain I food respected. this is brain food for you man you know and you respect it of course yeah this is the artistry i want in my media mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. get this big brother get well this. <laughs> that's just that's too close my bad. that's just like junk food and i realize it but, yeah it is junk food um this is what i'm looking for mm-hmm. this is everything same watchmen same thing like mm-hmm. the more we watch and talk and like you know tweet about and whatever about this type of um content mm-hmm. the more we're going to get as a result Oh, so is this a a pitch? I would encourage everyone to, if you're on social media in any way, um, specifically Twitter and Instagram and, you know, in a way to interact with these creators to just let them know, like, guys, yeah, we want more of this Mm -hmm. type of content. This Mm -hmm. is it. This is the future, man. We want creativity. We don't like, you know, Marvel movies and stuff have their place. That's great. Mm hmm. But They're time pieces for sure. All that stuff has their has their place. Mm-hmm. But this is the stuff that this pushes like, the this pushes the envelope. I man. crave it, literally crave it. Okay, you okay? You're talking from a personal level. I get that. Yes, I am talking from an art level. Well, this too. will yes. push art forward, and I don't want to see like because dang, dude, I this kind of happened with Legion. Okay, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't seen much else in in me. Maybe this is low key inspired by Legion. Who knows? But um, Legion was something where I would be like, "Yo, this is gonna push art forward if it gets the renown it deserves," and it didn't. It got no attention. So I'm. It's hardly any. I would be remiss if I didn't say that if this show does not push art forward, what would? Honestly, this is what we need. Yeah. You know, this is what the film media needs. Because it tests you. The audience, it tests the audience to understand what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, we're just talking right now about, like, are we watching multiple universes? <laughs> like, we're dummies, man. Like, we're watching this. But it's like, this is the type of thing that film students should be studying. This they, is the oh, they will. That, they will be. 
should be used and you keep for like film, film score for film score uh, contests. You keep saying stuff. film. I know it's not film. It's but clearly not I, film. What do I call it? Like television. Television. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the thing that television long-form needs. Long form storytelling is long form storytelling. Yeah, yeah. The way, mm-hmm. honestly, especially now with all these streaming services and stuff. Guys, just stop. I want to. St- I don't want to see. No, 365 days garbage. I don't want to see that. I don't. That's a show that's out right now. It's trash. I don't want to see. I don't want to see. <clears throat> like, what's another one that's terrible? <laughs> There's a lot that's terrible. There's so many guys. Dog, what's that number one? The number one show right now? Isn't it so bad? I On Netflix? I don't remember, but we were laughing about it. Dude. Whatever it was. How does that happen, yo? <laughs> Stop, man! You're painting caricatures of your dumb selves. You're yelling selves, at the wrong bro. people. The I know. People I know. Listening I'm, not, to this I'm not yelling at them. I'm not yelling at them. Not I'm saying the people who people. get those shows to that high of a level are literally characterized. Character. What's the word? Caricaturizing themselves. Yes. By watching the show. Do you get that? It's ironic. Yeah. Okay. Is. So I'm just saying this show cannot become a fossil. And if it does, I will be very upset. It's not going to become a fossil as long as there is an Alex Garland walking around on the planet. Or at least others or who Noah emulate Or Noah Hawley. Or Noah Hawley. Or countless other amazing ones. creators. Yeah. And I also think there's also this huge... Damon Lindelof. Yes, obviously. There's also, I think, fear... In artists sometimes to do their work because sometimes they know man people are gonna hate this i feel like people are gonna hate this you know that feeling of this will never reach public eyes because um, it's so new it's so weird i feel uncomfortable about it you know th- i'm talking for me like this happens i know my professors who still i know think this way. i know but i think people i do think yeah probably some people are like ugh, nobody's ever gonna understand this or like it but i mean here's the can proof I finish that my people thought, though can i finish my thought do though? I don't know if you get my point. My point is, because I can only assume there are some artists who listen to this, maybe, but like, I'm not going to be a spokesperson for art. I'm an artist and I'm terrible at it. I'll totally fully admit that. But I think it is something to be said that is like, do you, man, you know what I mean? Like do your art, do something, do something that pushes yourself, man. Like I'm sure this pushed him. I'm sure this pushed Alex Aaron. And all the people who were done this. I mean, dude, the set for the de- like the devs building? That had to have taken some time. You know what I mean? Like, this is an example of something that happens when you take time to do work. Did I tell you that the product is great? The thing I read where they made each of those panels mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. hand mm-hmm. and they like They battered it. Put the gold leaf on mm-hmm. by hand. I know. It what? Th- it looks so visceral, you what? know? That's why it looks visceral. I think. But you know, Man, can I just shout out art? I shout out the artists. Shout out art. Do good work. Alex Garland, Rob Hardy, Andrew Whitehurst. Yes. Mark Digby. Ben they Salisbury, are your masters Jeff now. Jeff Barrow and the insects. <laughs> yeah, they are your masters now. Tippity top. Tippity top. Also, we are thanking people. I gotta thank Dad. I gotta thank. Not really. I don't need to thank the one. <laughs> I gotta thank Dad. That's his little sister. Uh, <laughs> God forbid he, he pays for, for the mics. He pays the laptops. Yes, our, he does everything for us. So our producer got to shout him out, man. He watched devs basically for us. Yeah, he did. So shout out. He gives me good critique on my language. He gives mom critique. I don't know. I'm not going to call it good critique because you disagree with him. But that's fine. <laughs> he, he's our number one fan. Thank you, dad. Um, I'm going to bring it out. Okay. I got this. So thank you all. 
for listening to the oh wait one thing oh my god (laughs) one thing (laughs) i was i was this is why you don't get to take us out this is why (laughs) can i shout myself out real quick fine i do the mixing for the intro and outro yes he has been doing all the mixing excellent work you weren't gonna shout me out so i have to i I did thank you earlier but yeah he does all the mixing with the music and the intro and outro just the intro and outro and, and I do, you know, editing on when I need to, when yes. I need to. But uh, if you... I literally do nothing but watch the show. <laughs> you do the research. What do you mean? Look you do up, the research, dog. Look up <clears throat> crazy stuff like what does the name Jamie mean? <laughs> but that is something I would not sit down and do because I have to work That's on my true. stuff. So thank you for that. Um, That's the stuff <clears throat> I enjoy doing, though. So it's really not that big of a deal. I like it. It's fun. Okay. It's well, the th- fun part. Does it make sense for a co-host to take out the final episode of the podcast? Is that something I shouldn't do? Honey, go ahead. Are you sure? I would love to not always have to do intros and outros. Oh, by the way, though, before we go, I am on um, Twitter, at Freya Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, Colin is on Instagram. At? Should I say yeah, it? I don't remember. <clears throat> yeah, I'm on, I'm on Instagram at Colin underscore MJ underscore Whitlick. And we are both on Facebook. And again, if you have any interest whatsoever in Star Wars, we do a Star mm-hmm. Wars podcast called Unknown Regions Podcast, which we will be getting back to very soon. We've kind of been lazy about it because we've been concentrating on decoding devs. But yeah, if you miss, if you truly cannot live without the sounds of our voices <laughs> and you want to get into Star Wars, which I highly recommend oh, because yeah, it's amazing. Um, or if you Flex already, those brain muscles, man. Or if you're already a fan, please join us over there and um, let me know that you're coming over from Decoding Dead. Yeah, that'd be that would be so cool if we got like that would be so cute comments like "Yo, we heard you." Yay! Yeah. You know, y'all know what to do or yeah. don't, whatever. Um. So anyway, again, a great big thank you, Colin. Go ahead and take us out. Am I doing it? Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you everybody so much for listening to Decoding Devs. Um, we really appreciate it, and I really appreciate it. This is a great exercise for me, great exercise for my mom. Um, and we love you guys. Thank you all so much for saying it so much, but we really mean it. Thank you. And come check us out on Unknown Regions Podcast if you have the time. And thank you. Bye. We-